Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast for the week of May 20th. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, Filter Cord. What up? What's going on, man? Why the fuck is Days Gone still so expensive? Why is it so expensive? Give me, hit me with that fucking deep discount. And then your best shot. I'm playing it. As soon as it goes on disky. Word. Alright. So. Um... Yeah, I've been playing some new stuff. I'm I'm actually keeping uh, modern. Are you excited? I'm a little excited. That's exciting. Fully torqued over here. So uh, yeah, starting out, I've been um, trying to uh, really dive into Rage Two, as I was talking about a little bit last couple weeks, I guess. Um, And yeah, Rage Two. I mean, hopefully, people are looking at reviews. Um, This is definitely one where it's like, uh, as I was seeing, you know, it's kind of mixed. Um, I think reviews generally say that the, um, the, uh, you know, combat's really good, gameplay's really good, story's pretty weak, and world is semi-weak for, you know, a a modern open world, there's kind of no excuse to not do amazing at it. Right, right. Because there's so many things to model off of. Um. Risky. Yeah, it really is, like, like, how can you... Like, if you just straight up copy somebody, it'll be cooler than what they did. <laughs> just kind of weird. Um, but yeah, a lot of what I heard was, hey, the shooting is as good, if not maybe a little better, than the newest uh, Doom from id Software. So what is that, 2016? Yeah. And then um, right after that was, uh, you know, the open world is very similar to... Um, the uh, Mad Max, but not quite as good. Which I'm like, okay, I did not play the Mad Max, so it's not like... I don't know, sometimes there's games that come out that are just kind of a a middling example of several other games. Uh-huh. And if you played those other games, you won't like this one, because it's just not high enough quality. But if you didn't play those other games, then those games that are kind of just an average clone can actually be really good. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um... So yeah, there's some stuff. I mean, there's definitely some like dumb. They make some bad choices in certain things. Um, they kind of, I don't know. It, it's. I would still say you have to experience it. The story, like the way that the game picks up. I thought Rage Two was going to be like, hey, Rage One happened, and now we're just going to rebuild the world, make a new story, change things around to make it make sense with what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But instead, it really seems like. They were like, oh, people are really invested in the story of Rage 1. So we have to do a continuation of that. And I just don't know who those fans are that are like, I mean, yo, Rage 1 was my favorite story in video games. I, I think it could have been fine as like, hey, this is something that happened. And then like used it as like a jumping off point because it was pretty, it was pretty like bare. That game yeah. was pretty bare. And Which is weird because they're taking you to some of the exact same cities. There are characters who... Basically, this game takes place, I don't know, like 20 years after Rage 1 or something like that. Okay. Uh, they're never really like super defined about it. But um, my thing is, like, you know, there's, there's a certain character who you saw when they were maybe uh, like a teenager or like a young adult. And now they're like an older character who's like in charge of a settlement and it's like you're going to the same towns that were in the first game 
They've just been developed. And, like... Like, I, I do... I don't know. It's really weird. I do think that's fine, having the callback. <clears throat> I do think having... Um, yeah, I think having the callbacks, having some of the, like, stories, I think that's probably fine. But I don't know if they should have rest too heavy on keeping their, like, world intact. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't seem to, like, doesn't seem to make sense. They sh- it should have been like, okay, we're making this game. And then at the end, it would have been like, okay, so we need, like, someone that's, like, the leader of this settlement now. And it's in the same yeah, area, so we'll, but like, a lot of shit's happened. And yeah, I think it, I think it would have been smarter to go to an entirely new, like a, just a different part of the world that wasn't mentioned or referenced in the last game. Because like when we're talking about post-apocalypse, like we do realize that there's a whole world that exists, and right. like just because you're little people that are in like I don't know rural fucking Nevada or whatever. <laughs> It doesn't mean, you know, what it, whatever's going on in the ruins of Las Vegas has nothing to do with what's going on in the ruins of D.C. I mean, that's what fucking Fallout told us, right? Right, right. Completely so, like, different. there's so many other locations and, like, the core things that I think this game did, uh, I should say Rage 1, did really well in their story, which was, like, the arcs. That, like, there are regular humans that have survived all this fucked up shit that happened, and then there are pure humans that have been contained on the arcs that are now coming back like that's cool yeah and they do a good job of following that but that could be done anywhere because you know space like the area surrounding the earth like the gravitational region and earth's orbit would not drop all of these satellites into one spot they can go basically anywhere right yeah yeah you feel like they would definitely go to be all over the world all over the world, right. yeah. So, there's just... I, I feel like there's more they could have done, and instead they expanded on this thing that I think a lot of people are not super interested in in the first place. For sure. Which all I can think is, like, why? why? Like, what is it about this particular region that you zoomed in on, considering that the first game... Like, again, what was... Like, the story was not what was pulling people into Rage 1. It was the tech. It was, yeah. It know, was, people wanted to see the new engine. Yep. There was some cool shit going on. They were Whatever. revolutionizing, uh, like enemy behavior and, and things like and that. And texturing, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was it was really big, but right. it it fell short because it was like, hey, let's not pay attention to the game. Let's just work on like the tech, the tech. That's it. Yeah. So, which I guess, like, if you're making an engine demo, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, or like a tech demo, right? But it wasn't really super marketed that way. And I think a lot of people got, especially people that bought it at $60 and were expecting a $60 game. Yeah. One of the only were games pretty disappointed that I fully returned brand right. new games. It, like it, it was just a, I think it was a, a marketing failure really. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, I like this game a lot. Um, this is sort of like doom where you're like, you might as well just consider yourself to be a God. Like I just, I don't even try to play defensively. I just sprint around and kill people at full speed. That's fun. Um, the maneuverability in this game is really good. Uh, they definitely learned from Doom in that regard. So, well, what are we talking on um, game length? That's an interesting question. So, um, obviously, if you're doing like every side mission in the open world or whatever, the the issue is, like they said in a lot of the reviews, the open world is not particularly good. Yeah, it looks um, boring as fuck, to be honest. It, it's, I mean, when you get into a zone and start doing shit, it's cool. Like, that's, again, like, 
they just did not do a good job of sort of uh, that's not marketing because it's in game i don't know what you would refer to that as like in game they don't do a good job of showing you some of the cool shit you can go do like the the like what looks really weak to me probably the weakest thing to me is mm. seeing the seeing the player drive around in the vehicle mm-hmm. that looks really incredibly weak, weak to me it, especially considering the first game the driving was amazing i, I don't it to me it was it's not something i remember i remember doing well, I, I, it i remember it was being better. in a vehicle and i also remember walking a lot and looking yeah looking closely at you know the tech that we were supposed <clears throat> to be looking at well speaking of that uh this game a, a lot of open world games have been hitting the same kind of disappointment lately which is really again it's it's really odd like i don't understand how you missed the boat on this in the fucking year of our lord 2019 <laughs> like there if you wander off the beaten path and go explore you find like five shotgun shells twenty dollars it, it doesn't reward you for exploring yeah like it little question mark like zones will show up basically and it's like it'll pop up a question mark on your map and it's like oh there might be something interesting over here so then you go look it's like oh this is cool and then it gives you a little reward and you get a little check mark on your map or whatever but like if you just go explore on your own you're really not going to find anything so which is pretty disappointing so weapon wise it's pretty well flushed out there isn't any random weapons that you can pick up correct Oh, uh, yeah, like, you get your predetermined weapons, right. and your weapons are, like, uh, you use, like, arc tech advanced shit compared to your enemies, which are mostly... I mean, like this piece, game does yeah. definitely have a problem, like, it's not the same as, like, the white savior problem, mm-hmm. but it's sort of along those lines where, like, you're a pure human, and you use this highly advanced, like, ancient human tech or whatever, and your enemies are these ugly, mutated, like, retard assholes, and, like... That shit's kind of tough sometimes. And I mean, Borderlands has fallen for the same thing. I think a lot of Apocalypse games have fallen for this kind of trap. Where it's like, the ugly people are evil. And in real life, pretty much everybody's ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and evil. And evil. That, actually, it's a good point. But, um, you know, it's just kind of odd. like, um, Especially because they really heavily lean on like cleft palates. So like uh, I don't there was a a particular reviewer who was born with a cleft palate who like had a big like go off segment mm-hmm. talking about this and it's I don't mm, like that's a little particular like um you know this guy that's on screen right now the crushers they're called um, they have a, a cleft palate and like a, a like a bifurcated face basically. Like they they have the split going all the way up, and their nose is essentially doesn't exist. What was that? Uh, because the thing uh, on South Park where Kenny got inside of his parka upside down. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that. Right? Yeah, it's basically that. It's basically that ass crack. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen Preacher? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, you know, it's. Like that, I think you're leaning a little too heavily if you're like, "Hey, don't make people look mutated because people look mutated in real life, and that's offensive." Yeah. It's like, yeah, but like that—that's you're going a little deep there, buddy. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, there's definitely like a, a bit of a weirdness of like, I'm a pure human, and I'm here to set like civilize these idiots. Um, but the story doesn't rely on that too much. It's sort of just you just pick that up while playing. 
So, like, you'll be shocked to learn that the politics of Rage 2 aren't very good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, shocker. And, and, it, and it, could be, it could be something that could be developed off of mm. what, the, what they're doing. Like, yeah. I really doubt that, like, early Elder Scrolls, you know, everything was flushed out. And it's not right, something yeah. that I, I would I think, ever um, But I think there's there's a bit of weirdness here where, like, somebody was sort of... Uh, like, this is what happens when somebody writes a fanfic. Like, Avalanche, as far as we know, right? Obviously, I didn't fucking work on it or anything. Sure. But as far as we know, Avalanche was basically given free reign. And it was like, okay, here is our story bible. Here's the world. Here's the characters. Use the, our Wikipedia page here. And... Just see if you can figure out, like, a cool game. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, here's the here's the tech that we use. Um, it has said that they really weren't, like, they, they weren't working on this game 24-7. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This was, like... It was mostly Avalanche. Their side piece. Right. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, that, that definitely shows through. But because I don't play a lot of shooters, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't really do very many id games in general um like i didn't super love wolfenstein one and two um mm. you know i'm very questioning on if i'm gonna pick up young blood although that seems like a shorter game young blood and it's fun um, to say what, yeah. what am I i've heard that rage 2's conclusion is really unsatisfying which is brutal that's even again worse. how do you not learn from this shit the, the weirdest thing about rage 2 is that it's a really good game but it's using the same logic that we were using in the PS3 360 era right. for open world games. And it's like, I just don't know how you guys haven't caught up. Like, especially when we're talking about id and avalanche. Because id broke the people's understanding of first-person shooters when they put out the new Doom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People were loving that shit. Well, uh, the new Wolfenstein games have done really well, despite the fact that I'm not super into it. I would them. say when they put That's, out Doom 3... Is when they really broke that perception of like how first person shooters should be ran. The I mean, new Doom, realistically, it's when they put out all of the Dooms. Yeah, well, a Doom originally, but I, yeah. I mean, talking, I guess, a little more modern. I don't think they've done mm. anything since really Doom 3 that's revolutionized what we're doing with first person shooters. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's. I just don't understand how. I mean, the, the one thing that's really cool, um, the shotgun mm-hmm. has an alternate fire method that. Uh, basically, the logic is that it melts all of the like scatter shot into a single big slug. Oh, cool! Yeah, and then throws the whole thing, and it's like has a, a huge knockback or like armor shred effect. Right. That's, that's really that's cool. cool. So like, they've done really cool stuff with the guns and the combat, but that's sort of what we expect from these guys. Right. Um. Right. So yeah, it's a good. I mean, this is definitely this game makes me want to play Days Gone because. Even as I'm, like, talking shit, which, you know, that's pretty much all I do, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, you know, even as I'm talking shit, like, this game's really good. When they when I hear reviews that say this is average, this is a, a worse version of Doom 2016. It's a worse version of Mad Max put together or whatever. I didn't play those games. Or those games just, they didn't catch my eye. It wasn't my thing. So, playing a, a game that basically copies them is still going to be good. It's not like you're. I'm not ruined by having played those other games. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I don't know. It's just you know, it's one of those things. Like it all comes down to your personal taste. Um, 
I knew I was going to be into this one way or another. Like, I wish it was better, but for what it is, it's good. And, uh, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I'll be happy to move on to something that actually has blown me away and is way better than I expected, based on reviews and just what I've seen. Um, so, I not only did I get Rage 2, I also got Plague Tale Innocence. Tuesday was an expensive day for me. <laughs> um, so, Plague Tale, it's... Uh, I mean, I think... We've been saying this... Um, it seems like Focus Home Interactive is trying to, like, corner a section of the market. Um, which is, like, this kind of interesting, semi-artsy, um, sort of unique gameplay experiences that are not necessarily, like... Focus Home Interactive knows they're not going to make something as good as Rage 2, so they just don't even attempt, right? Um... So they're like, okay, we could, we could, uh, you know, we could make a shooter and get like a five or a six out of ten, mm-hmm. or we could make a weird like this is a companion based, you know, for the most part, it's like a stealth walking simulator sort of, right? Um, you know, you're playing this basically. Your family is like minor nobility, so you're like associated with a town. But you're not like in charge of the town or anything. Um, your your family just owns like a little manor house. Is pretty much the story. <laughs> and uh, pretty quickly, you get like uh, without like spoiling anything, you you are removed from your family. Um, the only means that you have to defend yourself or do anything interesting is a sling, which is really fucking cool. Extremely cool. I just watched her pop you, that dude in the head, and that was yeah. I mean, that was impressive. If, if you nail a solid hit on somebody, it's over, dude. Like, I mean, in real life, obviously, you know, there's anybody raised in the U.S. knows about the fucking uh, David and Goliath stories. And, you know, most people in Europe, I would say, probably know about it. So, like, it's, uh, you know, it's a relatively, like, realistic, um, except for these, like, plague rats that are running around just, like, swarming and fucking annihilating people. I don't think that actually happened. Dude, we're... we're... Oh, I mean, did, yeah, didn't rats carry the plague? Yeah, but they didn't, like, swarm and fucking annihilate people like an anthill. Right, but why are they not attacking the player? Well, she tends to distract them with fire, it seems like. Because... Um, she, I can tell you that from <clears throat> what I've seen, she does not have a preternatural connection with the rats. It just, it just looked like... She had no fire on her, she had her sling, there was someone walking toward her with... A, uh, like a lamp, lantern, and she popped that lantern and took the fire out, and the rat ran right around her and attacked them. I was like, "Why did they do?" Oh, that? Well, I can definitely tell you the logic in this game. It, it's probably that the rats just can't detect her because she's crouched. I mean, it it really is like the logic is nothing special in this game. Sure, um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. The it's very like story based. Um, it is pretty quick about getting you in and out. If you, like, fuck up, it'll try to get you right back into the game. Um, it's a little slow on that, but that's to be expected from kind of a B-tier project, you know? Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the thing that really gets me, the graphics are really good. Oh, yeah. It gives me a little bit of a vibe of um, Hellblade because of the setting and the, the female character that's kind of the same age and size about. She's a little younger. I mean, the character you're playing, I believe, is supposed to be, like, 16. Um kind of having difficulty because we age a lot differently now than we did back then. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a lot of human growth hormone in our fucking shit now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Um, the, it's sort of like, uh, what's, what, Resident Evil 4, you're kind of guiding this, like, dipshit that can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. Yep. There's something in particular, oh, it's Ico I was thinking of, that where you have to, like, hold hands to lead each other around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and also your brother that you're, like, rescuing, he's, like, extremely autistic. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he's he's got some kind of like, I don't know. He gets like really like powerful headaches that make him freak out, and he's kind of like, he he just kind of like acts. He makes like dumb choices. Um, I'm trying not to say that autistic people are stupid. Is basically what's going on here, but um, you know he like he doesn't understand how serious things are sometimes. Um, he like wanders off and gets fucked up. It's like I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff a hundred times. Before, yeah, yeah. But, so he's a typical, it's, it's, uh, he's a AI. typical companion character yeah. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I need to obviously probably play 10 or 15 more hours before I beat it, but yeah, yeah. It seems really cool. It looks good. The story sounds really cool. Um, you yeah. know, some flawed mechanics aside. Um, yep. And you can definitely, definitely fun, see like, sure. you know, certain animations will hitch up if it doesn't think that you're approaching the ladder exactly the way it wants you to, it'll like everything will like zombie and like bit dragged over and then you'll grab on and climb up weirdly. And you know, okay. that's to be expected of this kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, <clears throat> we're not looking at a, you know, yeah, this is a, not last of a us. whole. Yeah. It's not an naughty dog title yeah. full price or whatever. And even then, I mean, you know, when that first came out, it had a couple of little issues that they ended up boiling out, but right. You know, so it's pretty good. It's It's, it's great. I mean, it, honestly, it's amazing for what it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Cool. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Anything else? Is that what you've pretty much been up to? Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of mobile stuff, but uh, nothing crazy there. Fair enough. Yep. Cool. For uh, for me, I played um, I played a bit more um, World War Z between playing with you and then I got on and finally played a bit with uh, Pasty Bossa Man. Nice. Um, I think we've all wrapped this game up, playing every um, every little section, every <clears throat> mission, and everything. Yeah, I did look up. Um, uh, let me look up again. Uh, their roadmap for World War Z because they have promised a few more things that are pretty good. Yeah. So, um, if you are interested I- in this game, which it like like we said. It's good. It has its flaws, um, but mm-hmm. it it's like a good base to build on. So you know them getting you know funding to continue to you know make things for this is really good. I think. Um, so in May we're supposed to be getting uh, another Tokyo mission, which um, mm-hmm. on the live stream right now we are watching a, a video from Tokyo. I think this was you and I playing in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and Tokyo was cool as hell. Tokyo was really cool. Um, a little dumb on how they decided to like yes. control the zombie threat, I guess. But whatever. Um, so new, absolutely new true. Tokyo mission supposed to be coming this month, as well as a new virus spitting a zombie type. Mm. Um, so that's, that's cool. interesting. Uh, in June, a new six skull extreme difficulty will be added with cos with bonus cosmetics. 
July, a weekly challenge mode, more cosmetics. Saber Interactive also says new uh, weapons, weapon variants, character skins, accessories are on the way at some point during Season 1. As well, private lobbies, wave-based survival mode, support for switching classes during player versus player versus zombie matches, and field of view and level detail slider on PC. Um, Okay. So they have a little bit of a, uh, you know... They have a little bit of a um, roadmap on on what they're doing, um, but yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for something, I mean, there's a few of these kind of games coming out. I mean, we did have um, the Overkill's Walking Dead, which flopped. Um, we had this. We have uh, there's another game that you might remember called GTFO. Um, mm-hmm. That's a horror. It's a four. Uh, four-player horror-based, um, like, survival game kind of like this. Um, and, you know, people are kind of hungry for that Left 4 Dead-style game. Yeah, which, again, we've talked about, like, a hundred times. It's so weird that everybody didn't jump on that train. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's really interesting. These guys, it's weird that this game comes out and gets pretty good reviews gets pretty you know good reception it has its flaws but it's based on a book that's old as shit not old as shit but it's old enough and based on a movie from 2013 very weird that they went ahead very weird hooked up to the movie like why didn't like why wasn't this a thing when the movie like came out like it confuses me on why they didn't well yeah why would you attach yourself to the movie I mean, I would be attached to the book, obviously. The book's amazing. Yeah, the book's really cool. And that can come out at any time. And it is the source material that also the movie is loosely based on, right? Yes. So it's very odd that the the branding around it is strange. But what they ended up with, probably they were making a zombie game and they were like, yo, you remember that movie? Yeah. Where they were like, they were making piles. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, we finished this up. We just kind of progressed through the levels um pacey pasta man and i cranked up the difficulty to see what that's like Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it is harder which is uh to be expected (laughs) i mean how is it harder do the zombies take more hits or are there just more of them or there are more of them and you can become easily more swarmed okay so it's not like they take like multiple shots or anything i mean some zombies even on the easiest mode if you clip their legs or their arms they'll still keep coming Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the exact same, you know, on the harder difficulties. But we haven't cranked it all the way up. We've put it on hard, hard mode. Okay. Um, and I think that's three of five, and they're adding a sixth one. Um, Damn. In June. Harder than Ollivander mode. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's that's how we tack it back around. Yeah. That's if you're, you're only going to get that if you're in the pre-show. If you're I'm in the not going to explain it anymore. Yep, that's all you get. Pre-show only. Man, we should really right. start doing a longer pre-show. <laughs> we should do like a half-hour pre-show while we're setting up. That'd be fun. We get some good content during pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe something. Um, so, aside from that, I've also been continuing my uh, my play of Persona. Mm. Um, I haven't had too much time, so it's mainly I um, I have wrapped up the... Kamoshida uh, Castle mm-hmm. and yep. or Palace and uh, 
that was cool. That was that's a great level. Yeah, yeah. and I I feel like you it ends um, it it ends you in the optimal way that the game wants you to end, and then I question where it'll let you um, like if it'll let you do something similar with a. Uh, the others where it'll end you in the like optimal way Mm -hmm. or if you can fuck up and it'll end you in a poor way um like because they mention a few times about like acts you know like oh man we could have accidentally killed that you know kamoshida but we ended Mm -hmm. it in a way that it got him to confess his sins and and yeah it's it's one it's one of those things that i can't wait to see what they plan on doing next so i got yeah. through all of that um basically got back to um my room i think it was like after a day or two of them um mm-hmm. like running around and you know doing stuff and okay yeah it it it, it was um it was good i i don't know what's coming up next there's no they haven't like alluded to that yet in the story but mm-hmm. um combat's fun fusing stuff's fun and uh yeah, I imagine I'll still be playing this for another 19 years. So this will fall. It'll be. Yeah, that sounds about right. This will end up being just like Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, you know I'm kind of playing Pokemon Go as well a little bit here and there too. Uh, they have to put this shit on Switch, my dude. Persona. Yes. Yeah. Like that would absolutely fucking like wreck my world if they put it on Switch. Yeah, I'd buy this. One. I'd buy this on Switch. I'd stop playing where I'm at right now. Put this on Switch. Right. Um, so I'm saying they're they're being really cagey and weird about it. And it's like just just fucking do it. Yeah, stop fucking around. Just do it. Where just do what, it. Like, like what? What are you gonna lose? But, Nothing. Uh, don't make me get Nike on the phone. What What are they gonna do? Just do it. I, I just want to know. Um, and aside from this, it was it kind of spawned from you and I talking, and and that's where I downloaded, uh, I re-downloaded the game. Um, got the mm. Ultra HD texture pack, and then I was playing World War Z with Pasty, and we ran into a problem. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what had happened, um, but the game crashed on me in the middle of the game, closer to the end of our playthroughs, like three times in a row. Oh, which game? Um, World War Z. Okay. That's interesting. And I was like, man, what in the hell is, like, what's the deal? Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, what else do we have to play? And he's like, I don't know. And I just started throwing out names. And I was like, well, I just downloaded Borderlands, the Handsome Jack collection. He was like, oh, shit, let's play that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we jumped in, you know, started playing some Borderlands, too. Um mm-hmm. And that's been fun. I've been playing that even in my like on my own a little bit. Um, we started, and I was playing as uh, I was playing as Craig or Krieg is his name, right? Craig, Krieg. Um, I, I I don't like him. I just don't like that. Oh, yeah? Don't like that kind of character at all. So huh. it's really helping me solidify that I am um, very interested in playing Flack for three. Um, because we were talking about it and Borderlands, it doesn't define your, Borderlands doesn't define like a character. They define their class. So, um, 
in like in the first game, Pasty was really into Brick. I was really into Mordecai. Um, in the second game, Mordecai did not become zero. It was different. There wasn't a hunter class in the second game. Right. There was right. an assassin. Um, and there wasn't uh, a brawler type until they came out with Krieg. There, there just wasn't. There was the gun zerker, but that wasn't the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. Um, and yeah, I think Flack is going to be our new, you know, our, right. our, our new kind of Mordecai. Um, okay. in, in a way, because he uses a, a pet to flank people and get them out of cover, which is exactly right. what Bloodwing did with Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Siren in three is going to be the brawler. So it's like if Brick mm. was the Siren. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what... What's her name, Amara? With the, like, the extra arms. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have... Uh, like a hybrid assassin commando in mod and Maz, I think is her name. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also, uh, or no, no, she's the commando. And then there's the assassin, um, which is uh, what's his name, Zane. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we were just talking about that, and we realized it's not like character. It's not like I like this character. It's like no, I like this class. This class is really good. And I, that, that is, I think, maybe a common misconception about people who um, like Borderlands. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just kind of got through. I played as uh, Creek for a bit. Uh, Pasty played as Maya. I was like, mm, not feeling this. He's like, yeah, Maya's all right, but uh, let's do something a little more, like a little more fun. And I, I started as... Um, Axton, which I never played as Axton past level like 12 um, who is the commando and he was playing as oh he's playing as um, uh, Salvador, the gun zerker Dali? I don't believe that was his last name but I didn't check. He's really small funny it's really funny, it is really funny um so yeah, I mean we're not too far. We haven't really done too much. We played um, probably about an hour before, an hour or two before we decided we didn't like the characters we were, and then we played maybe another half an hour. Mm-hmm. So we're not too far. Uh, if you know you would like to jump in, I know we were talking about it, um, or you know if we end up grabbing the first one, of course, yes. and going th- okay. going that route. Yep. But I would enjoy to play some Borderlands. Sure. Yeah, I, I've always uh, I've played like little sections, like I've I've played the intro of Borderlands one like six times. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I just have yet to get into it because it's always like I start playing with someone and then they're not available and I don't play with them anymore. And it's like it's it's really not intended to be single player. And for me, like the loot shooter thing just does not work single player at all. Yeah, that's where three is going to be. Um... Like I, it I feel like the loot shooting in, like as you're playing multiplayer, becomes a mm. little bit of a problem because it's like, oh man, I really want that gun. Oh yeah, me too. I've been looking for a sniper rifle forever. Well, there's only right. one, um, and that's where three is really going to make that 
like you have your own, I have my own. We can play it that way. Or if we want to play in asshole mode, we can all like <laughs> fight right. over loot right. like usual. Um, but yeah, I I, I kind of want to play. I like I really like I like one the best. Two is also fun. Um, but mm. the pre sequel kind of sucks, and it's because of the characters. So I'm like, I kind of want to play the pre sequel. So I can finally finish the whole game, maybe. I, I think I may have completed it, but I don't remember. Um, okay. But I want to play it with other players because I know, sure as hell, I won't finish that on my own. Yeah. yeah. It's just not It's not enough. It's not fun to do that on your yep, own. I'm, I'm still thinking uh, next week should be good. Oh, next week to... Uh... Or the end of this week, I guess. Jump into Barter Lands Uno. Okay, cool. Um, well, at the end of this week, and this week might be rough for me. All right. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about see it. See what happens. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, you know, aside from that, I haven't really been playing really anything on mobile. So, okay. um, nothing fancy there. Um, but I probably should have looked at that. You'd sent me that, uh, <laughs> rut row. Rut row. Um, Whoops. <laughs> yeah, whoopsie daisy. Uh, anyhow, Ooh, boy. that was close. That was close. If you, uh, if y'all get the chance, <laughs> stay away from filter cord, but head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all that news. You'll get little bits and pieces of filter cord, you know, just enough. He, it's unavoidable it, to some it, extent. Just, yeah, some extent it is unavoidable. Um, but you know, in small bursts, it's fine. You're like, Ooh, that was mm-hmm. fucked up. And then you move on to the next thing, which is good. Right. Um, exactly. You can't have more than like three in a row. Cause you're like, damn, God damn. Okay. This is much, this is getting to be too. Much. Oh, okay. I got to go outside for a minute. Yeah. I need to take, <laughs> I turn the shit off. I need to take a squeak down real quick. Um, but yeah, head over there talk about all the stuff that we're talking about here first. Also get a look at some freebies. We've actually had quite a few of those recently, which is nice. Mm. Um, as yeah. well, follow us on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live, do stuff like this. Um, and, you know, more. Um, but why don't we go ahead and pop into the games releasing. These ones are releasing between the 20th and the 26th of May. Yeah. We've got some good stuff coming out. Uh, so we're starting out on Tuesday the 21st with Observation coming from Devolver Digital on PS4 and PC. Um, from what I've seen, it's kind of a uh, you know story-based sort of... I don't know if I... I don't want to say cyberpunk. I want to say very like digital punk. Digipunk? <laughs> Digipunk. Yeah, Digimon. That's cool. Um, we just sort make of seems space... Up? Yeah, it's it's uh, spacey. Yeah. Um, sci-fi thriller and in fact uh, it's from the same guys that made uh, one of the free games that we're going to talk about a little bit later nice um, but uh, yeah seems pretty cool um, sort of 2001 Space Odyssey-ish yeah this is really um, weird like I remember yeah. seeing this but it, it does it has like a really good um the game does not doesn't look real. It doesn't look realistic. You can see it in yeah, the Yeah, they did a great job on the art. But yeah. I think where they did the best job is within their camera work. To make mm-hmm. the game look like you're looking through uh, a camera on a space station. Right. 
right? Yeah. Great work uh, to these guys. Yeah, it looks dope. For sure. I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. I don't know if I'll pick it up day one because I just got so much fucking horse shit going on, but... Yeah, yeah. Seems pretty cool. Definitely. All right. And then, uh, same day, coming out for your Switch from Capcom, we have Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4, and Resident Evil Zero. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Whole, whole big collection for the Switch um, yep. coming out. Um, Resident Evil is really, really on a big dick upswing. Because yeah, it's uh, part of the probably the uh, remake of two, right? Yeah, two uh, still really good. Um, yeah. It was something that I had beat over and over and over and over and over again, so I didn't end up playing it as much as I you know like kind of wanted to, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I played mm-hmm. it. I played it a good amount, and I really, really, really liked it. And I still have people like people on my friends list who probably didn't play it back in the day mm-hmm. that are like, oh shit, this is really cool. Um, yeah. there were a few things about two that bothered me. Uh, I, I think it was that big, uh, like that big guy. I can't remember what they called him. Mr. T. Yeah. Mr. Something X, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Did, I, 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 did, I didn't like him. It, yeah. Kind of lame. Yeah. Um, gotta be real. But the rest of the There's game some great was memes about super it. Super good. Yeah. Like the Thomas, the fucking tank engine or Shrek. That's very good. Yep, Shrek was good. Yeah, um, but yeah, looking back, um, you know, getting to check out like Resident Evil, man, I don't know Resident Evil Four on the Switch. So I we were talking about this going forward, like what are they doing with Resident Evil? Where are they going mm-hmm. with it? They have the Resident Evil engine. They've actually finished up a new tool, which is their um, their wet technology. Hell yeah. And if you played 2 and you saw the way that that zombie's jaw just like fell and it mm. just had all that gross wet looking meat up in there. Shit. That's that that was that was real gross. Um but it's like where are they going next? Are they going to continue with like a Resident Evil 8? Are we going to go back and are we going to get 3 first? I do hear rumors that they're working on 3. Um yep. But if they are working on three, that's where I want them to end it. I don't want them to make a remake of Resident yeah. Evil Four. We're like Resident Evil Four is just a little too modern. I, I I would to remake. Well, not only that, but it also starts to go down that slippery slope of I don't really want to see a remake of like five and six. Yeah, it's like if I don't ever have to get like a complete remake of four, so I don't get a remake of. You know, five and six. I mean, I'm fine with that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fine for me. Um, but three, I think, definitely deserves a remake. That was really, that was really cool. So, okay. yeah, I could, I could see that. Like right now, they're clearly like, okay, Resident Evil Seven did really, really well. Do we want to completely change into a first-person horror company? Like, and I think they're kind of using the time to remake these older games as a way to like delay yeah yeah um so so i i I don't know i i wonder what their thought is on on moving forward with the current series because Mm -hmm. that they had this they had a very specific vibe for resident evil 7 right this like bayou family who was fucked up and i think the vibe got a little derailed 
when they started introducing the son and his section. Yeah. The father and mother, that was some really, nope. really crazy shit. Extremely good. Yeah. But then the son, yeah. he was like, oh, I'm this, like, like, tech guy, and I know how to, like, wire stuff up, and I can burn you alive in this trap. And mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, it started to kind of go off the rails a little bit. But it was still fine. It was still okay. Yeah. Um, but I would have loved to have kept that, that creep, like... This is this family has been around for a hundred years of like pure bloodline kind of feel, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. because that's creepy. Um, and I oh yeah, you get into real fucked up territory real quick. Exactly <laughs> with like long time like ancient families. Exactly, and yeah. that's I, I thought that was I thought that was fun. So I'm interested to see where they plan on going next. Um, yeah. I would love to see something urban, something sure. very urban. Like yeah, that'd be cool to to just get like into a like inner city, um, like shit's going bad and you're in like five buildings and a couple alleyways and that's the entire game. Yeah, like that'd be dope. Resident Evil Three really had that feel. Two did an mm. okay job. You're like on your way to the police department, and but but the majority of that was inside the police department. But yeah. three had that as like Jill was moving throughout Ratkin City. So, mm-hmm. I would like to see that again. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we have uh, Resident Evil Collection coming to the Switch that you can check out if you are, uh, you know, dying for something. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different, like, types of bundles you can get with that, so you just have to check it out, basically. Um, see what's good for you. For sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with that, what, they had the Revelations games on the Switch, right? Yeah, I think they did. Um, yeah, Revelations 1 and 2, I think, and a couple other things. So they're they're getting pretty fucking deep into the lore here. So Yeah, I mean... I'm not sure how much is left to port. Yeah, let me see on what they have on the old Switch Arena. No. <laughs> I clicked on it, and it's like, nope, there's nothing there. Um, no, thank you, sir. This one, this one here originally is the Resident Evil Origins um, mm. on the Switch. So that's... You know, that's definitely a place to start because that'll have Resident Evil, um, I think Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero. Okay. Interesting. So, um, yeah, the other, uh, the final game, I have talked enough about it, so I don't know how much more there really is to add, but uh, on Thursday, the 23rd, um, we're seeing the release of Total War Three Kingdoms from uh, Sega. Obviously, the Total War guys it. Uh, for some reason, Creative Assembly sounds wrong. Is that wrong? Yeah, I'm finding out real quick. Real quick. Hold up. God damn! What the fuck did I do to myself? Pretty sure it's not Creative Assembly. Is it? Get Creative Assembly. Yeah. Okay. Looking back right. at Resident Evil, they have Resident Evil, Resident Evil Zero, and then a collection of Resident Evil and Resident Evil Zero, Revelations, and Four interesting okay so got. this is o- this is almost all of their resident evil games coming out this week yeah uh barring Other four revelations bo- uh and revelations four isn't in that bundle okay it's just zero. um yeah but yeah like i said i don't know how much i really have to add about uh total war three kingdoms i've been talking about it for a long time so i don't imagine that i'm like selling anybody on it that wasn't already interested i'm getting sold a little bit it- um, it's it's really cool. Like they're adding in um, the the main change of this game is that 
um, your like hero unit. So in the past, and I'm really mostly familiar with the uh, Total War game, so relatively recent. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in Total War, let's say you're going to play as the Human Empire, which is like the default game as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you're playing as your your leader of your empire is uh, Carl France, and he is like a, a powerful unit, a hero unit that's on the field of battle, right? Um, whenever you're having those, you know, real time, um, you know, multi unit battles, you see him on the battlefield, and he's offering a leadership bonus, and he gives passive and active bonuses, and he has abilities, and he's much stronger than any other one individual unit, right? Right. But when you're doing diplomacy, when you're doing, you know, story, um, he might as well... I mean, he's, he's, there's nothing special about him, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a character. So um, this game is looking to change that because the actual Three Kingdoms period in China was really heavily dependent. I mean, like, most of what was going on were these people with these big personalities that were vying for you know, imperial rule of China at the time. And, you know, they had grudges, they had personal beefs, they had, you know, all kinds of shit going on. So, like, this game's really trying to um, put in the idea that, look, this group has an actual leader. Like, the, you know, the, uh, I don't know enough about the period to make an intelligent statement here, but, like, you know, this certain group that is a, they have an army, they have politics, they own territory, is led by this one or two or three individuals. And this individual is a person that has opinions and they have goals and they have relationships with other characters. So your diplomacy is going to change based on that. Like there might be certain characters that just hate you forever. Right. And it doesn't matter how good you are to them, how nice you are to them, they're always going to try to betray you. So, um, oh, man, I love this wide dude. I'm probably playing this out. Big boy. But, uh, yeah, boy. you know, it's, this is a period where there was, it's called the three kingdoms, mm-hmm. but there was like 20 people all vying for the throne at different points. You know what I mean? It's almost like game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, where like one massive war will end and then some other one starts right back up. So, you know, this is a, it's a really interesting period in real life. And obviously it's. Um, you know, pretty much pre-built for a game. And this is what all the Dynasty Warriors games are based off of. All fucking 48 of them. Um, I mean, we've had, like, Three Kingdoms games come out in the past, like Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Uh, a, a ton of content based around this period. It's almost as big as the uh, the Warring States period in uh, Japan. Like, the this, this was, like, the big wide-scale samurai battles and shit. So, like, um, you know... This is the, basically the Chinese equivalent of a similar uh, thing going on. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, dig into this. Have a little bit... I mean, the Total War games, I think, have always been sort of weak on the politics. So that's their that's their last sort of hurdle that they have to try to beat. To uh, I mean, at that point, they'll pretty much have all their systems figured out. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Looks good. I, I can't wait to hear more. Like if it's really good, I'm gonna be like, okay, I think I'll jump in. And I mean, like I still recommend the uh, Total War uh, Warhammer games because it's like you have a fantasy. Se- you don't have to be familiar with Warhammer to figure out what's going on. It's pretty obvious. Right. 
Um, what I really want to see is we know for sure that there's going to be a third Warhammer game. I want the next thing after Warhammer to be Game of Thrones because the series will have been wrapped up on TV by then. Mm-hmm. Um, there's multiple time periods that you can be dealing with, right? We hopefully at that point we'll have uh, the like leader, like the the politics fully boiled down to you know the the, the best state it can be in. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, the it's one of those things where each time you see a new Total War game, the things that it adds and the things that it changes are going to play into the future of every other Total War game, mm-hmm. because this is a studio that once they get something, they just boil it in, right? Right. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play this one. Uh, I think I'm going to be spending a lot of time on this because, other than Warhammer, I have not been on like the ground floor of a Total War game coming out. So. Um, and with Warhammer, obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of fantasy elements. Like, you want to play all the different races because they play so differently and they just have such different mechanics. Right, right. And that's going to be true of this game as well, but, you know, this is more realistic. I mean, everybody has to have food and money. It's not like there's just totally different ways to get units and resources. So, I never really, like, just hunkered down and played through a massive campaign in Warhammer because I was always, like oh shit I wonder how it is to play the elves or like this is cool but I really want to play as the greenskins you know what I mean so I'm excited to to really hunker down I mean they're just green dude I don't know what to tell you they're (laughs) green they call themselves that right fair fair fucking racist (laughs) alright let's chuckle and move on (laughs) (laughs) alright so if there is anything we missed feel free to let us know over on Twitter. Um, I mean, we do kind of like graze over to make sure that we get all the things that we're mostly interested, but we kind of want to know what you're interested in as well. So for sure, let us know. All right. Um, we do have three different things for the alphas and betas and yada, yada. Um, I'll actually just jump in with this one because it's really easy. And then we'll move on to, um, a few other things. Uh, but first off, um, over on uh, Uplay from May 16th through the 21st, you can actually just pick up Skeet for free. Um, Very cool. Did you say Skeet? Skeet! Um, Gotta love that game. Skeet-ing is part of Steep, Not Skeet-ing. Okay. Both's fine for me. What but, about okay. Scatting? Oh, I definitely got that covered. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can go ahead and pick that up um, for PC, and it's it's pretty fun. Uh, but prepare because they're going to try to bombard you into mm-hmm. picking up all the other mountains that should have came in the core game for free. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, you can go ahead and pick up uh, Steep on UPlay. Cool. Uh, we also got. Uh... This is, again, this is something I teased before. From the same guys that made uh, Observation, which is coming out on Tuesday the 21st, uh, Stories Untold is available for free for, what, two weeks on the Epic Game Store. Uh, I wouldn't say starting now, but currently going on. So so get in there quick if you're into, interested. So it is free, and then you get to keep it, right? Or is it free just Correct. for the two weeks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when Epic, is, this is just part of their two free games a month thing to get people hooked right so um yeah it's text-based um you're kind of doing a cool like 
I don't know. It's like a it's it's just a weird like combination of several different you know storylines that are all kind of feeding into a major storyline that's going on. Seems really cool. I'm gonna definitely try to check this out as I get free time. For sure, yeah. It looks it looks cool. Um, mm. I'm really into those. They they did um, weird to say, but um, Call of Duty ended up doing a really good job on one of these in uh, Black Ops One. Um, Interesting. In the beginning, I think it was weird to say. Black Ops One. You, uh, you were your character was like strapped to a chair, being tortured, and not in the mm-hmm. beginning of the story. Story in the beginning of the game when you set up the game. Yeah, that's the menu. The main oh, menu is him. That's in a chair. really cool. And you can uh, do a few certain things and break out of the chair on the menu, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. can walk around and there's a computer there that you can interact with and it's a text-based adventure yeah that's dope yeah super good so i like that a lot yeah definitely check out uh stories untold um what is that for the next like two weeks you said basically something like that yeah i think it started a couple days ago so and speaking of starting a couple days ago um right now you can pick up there it is uh over on humble uh humblebundle.com um, you can pick up Guacamele Super, Super Turbo Championship Edition for free. Um, we picked this one up for free a few times. You can also in, uh, end up grabbing uh, Guacamele 2, 60% off for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is mainly for the people who are watching live. I thought this was going a little bit longer, but it's not. Um, so Damn. by the time the podcast comes out, this won't be available. But if anyone is watching live... Uh, literally right now right now go pick up uh guacamole for free put it on Steam. oh yeah cool commander root i'm talking to you that's you um cool so why don't we jump into the weekly news do you want to jump in with this big block here or would you rather start yeah let's get that out of the way and then we'll hit some smaller stuff uh so the first big thing is um basically we hear this you know every couple financial quarters um, big uh, release of nudes coming from uh, Ubisoft. Yep. Um, so the big thing that they uh, they have a big earnings call. You can actually go download um, a PDF written version of it. You can also listen to the earnings call um, audio, which is really cool. I like that they do that. Um, yeah, but th- that's cool. this is looking at their eighteen nineteen earnings. It looks like their earnings. What does that wrap up? Or uh, early May, right? Um, mm. So their their year is May, uh, going from May to May, um, and they've you know put down a few a few things. A few of the things are um, really in line. Um, they found seventeen percent growth in netbook uh, net bookings um, and forty nine percent increase to non I F R S, which is uh, International Damn. Fiscal Reporting Standards. Um, operatings. Um, so record profitability up 4.7 points. Um, nice. Their um, international fiscal reporting standards 15 sales, um, they have recorded uh, a one, uh, yeah, 180, uh, 108,000. Shit, I can't even do this number. Uh, one thousand eight hundred and forty-five point five million in uh, euros. 
Nothing wrong with that. Pretty good. Their net bookings is, uh, yeah, $2,028.6 million, which is that 17% growth that they saw, um, which is pretty well in line, falling a little short of their uh, $2,050 million that they wanted. Um, hmm. And then they kind of go on to talk a bit about uh, like player engagement and unique players, over 100 million active players. Um, nice. Across the across the board, Rainbow Siege um, more than one billion euros in uh, cumulative net booking since the game release. Um, huh. Some of the like, yeah, we were talking about this before the show. Like, some of their measures are kind of cagey. Like, I agree. I don't super understand what some of their descriptions mean. Right, <laughs> and I, I think I think the like where that's really evident is like in the division two. Uh, record heights for engagement per uh, players and session pass, tenfold increase in sales on Uplay, just Uplay, compared yes. to with the division. So, very weird statement. That, like, if they would have shown, like, if they would have wrote in a little bit more of like, oh, I wonder what that looks like on PS4, um, because this is just Uplay. And it's like, how long on Uplay have they... I mean, they've been offering games for a long time, but it's obviously grown a bit. Yeah, because they've started to require things to be on Uplay. Right. So, like, also, when you buy a key for a Ubisoft game on the Epic Game Store, it launches Uplay. So, like, do they count that? I would, probably. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what they're talking about on some of the stuff. So, I mean, you can can actually... Regardless, they've had a good year. Yeah, they've they've had a pretty good year. Um, and I mean, rightfully so. They have a lot of good stuff coming up, and they've yeah. put out a lot of good stuff. Um, for sure. So that's going to go ahead and lead into the next little bit that we uh, are talking about. During that call, they said that four AAA titles will be coming out by March 2020. Um, and this, these titles, that's very interesting, is led by Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, mm-hmm. so. With that, we know that Ghost Recon Breakpoint is is one of the four titles. But where could the other four titles be? Um, right. We already know that we've got um, we've got a few games that have already have come out, and we've kind of omitted them from the list. Um, mm. Like the Crew Two, we know there's no Assassin's Creed coming out, and we also. Uh, We'll go ahead and jump forward to that and knock that out. We also know that Skull and Bones has been delayed again. This time till 2020. Um, so that's I don't understand why they're having so much trouble getting what... Okay, obviously, it's making video games is hard. Sure. But this seems to be the most simple of their lineup. I mean... It's our, like their, their pieces are... It's already, a game that already exists. Are, yeah. yeah, it's already done. So now it's just about, what, making the multiplayer work? Uh, apparently this is a realistic version of sea of thieves i mean it's a realistic version of sea of thieves it's an expanded version of what they were doing with um assassin's creed 4 yeah 4 right so it's like we already did this right i wonder like why is it so hard to like boil like to just remove that from the greater assassin's creed 4 and put it into its own thing like they must be adding all kinds of content, or it has to be feature creep, right? Yeah, there has to be something huge that they're doing. Like I can understand this if we're going to go ahead and uh, if they're going to do a completely expansive underwater 
if you can jump off your boat and you can swim underwater and you can look there's around, a whole world there's a there. whole freaking ecosystem right. down there. That would be right. cool. I we do know now that you can get off the boat and you can explore islands. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Which is really cool. I'm not going to talk shit on that. Right. Definitely. So. If we're doing stuff like that, it kind of opens this up because they have to see the same thing that I see when I look at uh, Skull and Bones and just see, you know, the, the outside. I, I didn't. Mm. I, I liked. Uh, I liked Assassin's Creed Three and I loved Assassin's Creed Four. I didn't right. much care for just piloting the boat around island to island, taking ten minutes to get off the freaking boat right. to find something, get back on the boat and leave. Like that. That's not fun. And that's what it seems right. like a lot of this game is, you know, is like looking around, oh, there's an enemy, let's kill the shit out of him. Like, I don't know. It just, they're... they're, they're not, a, not a ton going on there. Yeah, there's something that's amiss. And right. it needs more to make this game, I think, $60 worthy. I won't be buying this game if, yeah. if they're not telling me there's a cool single player thing I can do or there's a... Um, uh, like a large multiplayer thing I can do with, uh, you know, with a couple of friends, like, and, you know, still explore and not have to worry about just being destroyed because I'm level seven and everyone else is level 83. Right. Like, it's it's going to be a, a hard pass. So maybe yeah, making they're figuring it just that at a, Yeah, I think they're hopefully expanding... Not to say single-player content, but just things that you can do other than ship-to-ship combat, right? Right. Because I, I, I know that they're going for multiplayer here. They're not trying to make the next big single-player fucking pirate game, right? Well, they... Like, we know, we know that they're not necessarily doing that. That could be included, but that's not the out-and-out goal. I mean, they, they it has been noted that, you know, they're doing... Like, right here, even on this Polygon article... They're talking mm. the title features tactical naval combat in single and multiplayer modes. Um, so okay. they're not. I'm interested. In they're that. not forgetting about the single player. But I, I mean, at the but, same time, they market the things that you can do single player in, like division, mm-hmm. which is not a single player game. So yeah, technically, uh, I mean, uh, I've played through the majority of that game by myself. Division. Interesting. Um, but now that we're getting to raids and stuff, it's that's impossible. Not only is it impossible to beat, just like it was in Division 1, um, mm. what do they call them in Division 1? Uh, insurgencies or something like that? Something dumb? They something should have just like called that, them a raid. Um, Raids. But not only is it just impossible to beat, you know, like you can't do it without trying to find a way to cheat the system, um, mm. but you, it also requires you to have eight people that you rely on. And Which is always that's, uh, worrisome. That's pretty big. That's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I guess get to those message boards and make friends with people that you're not really friends with. I don't know. Quick. Yeah. Um, but I did see something kind of funny. I think you can actually get uh, on, on your backpack, you get like a little like keychain that has different mm-hmm. things on it. One of them is like a gold bar. You can get like... Um, like uh like a virus sample and a bunch of other, I got a virus sample right here like a me. bunch of other stuff um I think it was Greg Miller who uh posted one he got something uh he got a little keychain dongle in the game himself mm-hmm. That's pretty it's cool. not what it, it like he spoke with them and got this idea in the game and it's uh he has a wiener dog named Portello named after Portello's yes. the hot dog place 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's literally a hot dog with his dog's head on the end of the hot dog. That's amazing. Pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from that. So, yeah, I mean, um, so, yeah, they said, you know, four AAA games. It's not um, uh, Skull and Bones. It's not Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, they've said no Assassin's Squeege me. So, yeah, that's where we're start- starting to speculate on some stuff. So, like, there's a couple other things it could be. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, we could be maybe uh, this seems unlikely, but we could be seeing a release of the third uh, South Park RPG, right? Oh yeah, um, that would be epic. We, um, so with South Park, they've they've went a, they've went a few you know routes, obviously, and in the first mm-hmm. game or in in the second game here in, in the new game, um, yeah. Originally, you we were playing. Like medieval, we were playing what, like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's mostly like Lord of the Rings inspired, with a little bit of Game of Thrones in there. Right. Um, and in the beginning of the second game, they're like, "Okay, you are the king of that game." Okay, well we're, now we're playing a different game. We're playing superheroes, <laughs> and yeah. you're a dumb asshole, and you don't know how to do anything. And right. uh, so you have to start over, and now you're playing superheroes, and that's what the whole the fractured butthole. Um, Got him. Yeah, that's what that's all about. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I could see them doing like, okay, now we're playing sci-fi and kind of like having some cyberpunk since that's popular. Um, um, yeah. That'd be cool. I, I don't know. I, I think before we hear anything about this, and if this was the one, we would be hearing about this one really soon. I, I think we'd be hearing about it really late. I don't think we would hear about it. I, I If we heard about it at this E3, they would be like, Oh, yeah, and now we have Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, yeah, we're working on something new. Do you have anything to show? Nope. I don't have anything to tell you about it. Um, and I think we'll hear about that season. Or, you know, we'll, we'll see the new season, and the new season will allude to what we're doing. That's what I'm wondering. Like, um, that's why I think it's unlikely to be South Park, because typically we've heard about these games with a good amount of time before they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at least a year or two years. Right. So... Um, I don't see them saying, oh, hey, there's going to be one of our three or four big titles this year is going to be South Park, and it's coming out this fall. Like, I just don't see that happening. Not at all. It's also been delayed every time it's come out, (laughs) right? So, um, and that's including after Ubisoft acquired it. So, yeah, uh, you know, even when it was THQ, obviously, it got delayed by like a year and a half. But um, even with Ubisoft, it got delayed pretty heavily. So... Um, probably not that. Uh, probably realistic would be to think Watch Dogs three. Yeah, uh, I would say probably Watch Dogs is the. I mean, that's been one. a theory for a while um, that we're going to see another Watch Dogs, <laughs> and and we. Yeah the the, yeah, the the main the main idea for like okay what are we doing with Watch Dogs where is it going first one mm. set in Chicago second one set in uh, what was it San, San Francisco, Francisco? Um, yeah which I think. Everything about Watch Dogs 2 was definitely my favorite Watch Dogs anything. Um, yeah. it, it was, it like, the art style was super good. Even his weapon was super sick. It was... Um, the like, yo-yo thing. It wasn't... Well, it looked like a yo-yo, but it was, right. uh, it was a braided cord that had mm. a... Um, that He took a uh, an eight ball from, like, a pool right. table... And drilled a right. hole through and put a knot at the end of the rope so it was stuck Damn. to the end. And he swings that thing around and cracks people in the head with it. 
Yeah, that would that, that would, would fucking fuck you wreck up. your ass. Yeah, like I kind of want to make one of those. Just you could you like, could make that with like a with like a uh, padlock. Oh, yeah, that thing is brutal and it's super cool. Um, yeah, and they, they they did everything that they did in the first game, which the first game was really fun. In the second game, but they kind of like made things work a bit better. Like, well, yeah, the second driving. game just did such a better job in general. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'd be really cool to see a third one. I think that's pretty likely. Yeah, and I'm hearing um, setting could be that, um, like London. That would be dope. what I'm hearing. That would be dope. So um, yeah, definitely a. Uh, I think Europe would be really cool. Yeah. Because this is, I mean. All of this stuff that we sort of fear, I think, in the U.S. when we talk about like government control, Big Brother's always watching and shit, this sort of started in London, right? Where they were like, "Yo, people are doing some weird, fucked up shit. Like, we need to like keep an eye and make sure that like they really started introducing the cameras and shit. I mean, it's the inspiration of George Orwell's 1984, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot more of that going on. I think doing this in like japan or china could be really cool yes i especially china because china's kind of starting to lean on more of the um like how do we try to control the public yeah invading i'm not saying in like an evil way necessarily but yeah but like you know in the game obviously it would be yeah kind of invading the um like invading their their like people's people's rights digital their entire way that they exist digitally yeah yeah so something really like um like it would be really cool what is that what is that city the the walled city oh uh, kowloon yeah kowloon yeah Um, that's in uh sort of in hong kong yeah having having that like having a big enough region so you can go to a place like that that'd be dope it'd be dope it'd be hong kong yeah hong kong watchdogs hong kong would be awesome yeah and it's like but even if we're looking at like London, like, do they stick with their current vibe? Because it did. It was a heavy switch going from Watchdogs to Watchdogs Two. Yeah. It's like, do they stick with the Watchdogs Two vibe, or do they, you know, do something completely new like they did from One to Two? I would stick with either do something new or stick with Two. Out of those of those options, Two is the superior option. I mean, it's a lot more lighthearted. It's more like you know, fuck these guys for doing this rather than I'm a man on a mission. My daughter was curb stomped by a beetle. Like, you know, it's just like weird. And by that, I mean one of the Beatles. Yeah. Ringo. Probably Paul McCartney. Yeah. Ringo. <laughs> Holy shit. Ringo's out here killing. People don't know that Ringo became a crip. Yeah. Yep. Um, so like, All true. you know, the first one was, I think a little too up its own ass. It was really going for like, uh, it was going for like GTA realness. Right. But missing the fact that GTA has so many jokes and so much, like, um, you know, satire, I guess, is a way to think about it. Um, which Watch Dogs 2, I think, did a lot better job of. Yeah, they, they, they really avoided that. Like, Watch Dogs 1 was really trying to not be GTA. That's That was yeah. its main goal. It's like, we want to not be GTA. And it, it, in that, it became GTA. <laughs> Like right, right, because it just couldn't avoid it, and in two they kind of started noticing that they could have their own personality, right. and so yeah, and it's I mean it's not I, I don't want to say it's better it's definitely different than GTA, um, mm-hmm. but yeah I mean 
the driving mechanics alone, which is what we're watching right now in the live stream, is right. that it was it was so much better than what we were looking at. It felt like you were controlling a boat in Watch Dogs One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in two, it it became a little more solid. So, I don't know. I think that's a good option. I think it'd be really good to see some uh, see some Watchdogs. Uh, it's been a while, for sure. And like I said, that's been rumored that they're working on Watchdogs three for like four years. Yeah. So seems pretty likely that this is in fact what we're going to be seeing. Yeah, and um, and continuing forward with two, they they even dropped in the main character from Watchdogs one. You actually rescue him. Yeah. And they and you're you're the characters that you're playing kind of fangirled out a little bit. They're like, holy That's shit, funny. that was Aiden Pierce. Did you see that? Oh, dude, you're the one that took out whatever Centos or whatever it was in the uh, first one. CTOS. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited. I hope they do. They continue to do that. Like even if it was like side characters, like I could see Wrench sure. from Watch Dogs Two being in London. So the guy with the mask. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be definitely that'd be cool. see that. I, yeah. Um. So another big option. Um, it's it's been a while, but mm-hmm. I mean, could they go down the route of Prince of Persia? Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, again, we've been hearing that they're working on another Prince of Persia game for quite a while, right? Um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, even as far back as like 2012, 2013, they were like, "Look, we're definitely interested in doing more with the Prince of Persia license. We just haven't had the right opportunity yet." What was the last one? Two thousand nine, um, maybe. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. They kind of got fucked by the movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, it's in need of a reboot. I mean, I really liked the 2008 game. I've actually played it within the last couple of years. Oh, cool. Um, I mean... It, I had it on uh, 360 digitally. It's really, like... It's really a controversial game. Uh, we were talking a bit about that uh, before the show. Um, but, you know, I... Personally, I'm like, I don't give a shit what people say. This game looked fucking awesome. It was amazing for 2008. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, yeah. But... As far as gameplay goes, I you know I can't really speak to it because I don't think I played more than, you know, like ten minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could like Prince of Persia wise. Could you imagine an Assassin's Creed esque Prince of In, Persia? Yeah, a little. I think they. Every single Ubisoft game doesn't have to be the same open world with the same missions, right? Uh, they've definitely made a mistake of that, I think. Um, but I could see a good um like not as open as assassin's creed but in a way um you know just doing something a little different with it yeah uh that would be really cool definitely yeah because early uh early prince of persia's were completely boxed in levels right yeah it was point a point b that's the point um so that's an option i think they could get a huge pop from that and i Mm -hmm. do think they could benefit from having something in a different world that's kind of Assassin's Creed-like, but right. not Assassin's Creed, and putting that right. in between Assassin's Creed to build hype. Because that's mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed's biggest problem, is we're putting out too much shit too soon. Right. In, like, every instance, that's their problem. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I think that's a good one. For sure. Um, we are definitely 
you know, they, they've still been building up uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. I haven't heard anything about the alpha or beta access to that yet. Nothing at all. But yeah. uh, doesn't necessarily mean we would hear anything. I mean, I'd imagine those fucking NDAs are pretty powerful. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they do have some people that are working in some different, like, manner with them. And I'm really surprised nothing else has been leaked. But they've been pretty transparent yeah. about what they're doing. Um, if you haven't seen that 2017 E3 trailer, definitely go check that out. Super sick. And they also have a um, uh, like a small gameplay update that they talked about, uh, mm-hmm. showing you know what uh, like pre-alpha footage looked like. And there was some good stuff like flying around and you know the shooting mechanic, and it didn't feel it didn't have a feel like any other game. I don't think it had right. a feel like. Um, like Looks beyond good and evil it didn't have a division feel or you know anything like that um mm-hmm. it was pretty uh it was pretty unique yeah and I, i'm also really really excited because this has it i think they're the personality of the game the way that the world has kind of um like formed itself yeah. in this game where it's like Every place on on the, on Earth has a mashup of all of this information. Like there are big corporations that control large parts of the planet. So you and and culture wise, you see that too. You see like you see some like definitely like Asian influence, but then you also see like heavily like heavy like very heavy like Mayan influence. And you mm-hmm. see that's cool. Yeah, it's really 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 cool. Um, so, you know, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see more on that. And I think, um, I think this is one of the games, ultimately, if I had to pick one. It definitely could be. I mean, I could see them doing, like, um, sort of like an early access phase that's just open to, I mean, essentially you just buy the game and while they're still developing it, right? Right, right. Um, and they, that way they can get it out, start making some money on it. And, uh, you know, this is going to be such a big game with so much going on that they are going to need a lot of time to get it all nailed down. Yeah, I, I think I think this will be um, this will be the last game on the old list that's mm. coming out. Um, just because... Maybe like next March. They've been really quiet about it. And, yeah, they've been super quiet about and it. And, I mean, but they have been transparent on what they want to show. And... It's not like one of those games where, you know, like, like I always talk about, like, that. this is what I would like to see. I would like to see the trailer. I would like time for, you know, hype to build. Yep. People talk about yep. it. I want to see, like, a small gameplay trailer. Okay? Let the hype build. And then, hey, by the way, I know we've been quiet about it for, you know, nine months. But the game is mm-hmm. almost complete and it will be out in March. I, I yeah. that's, my, that's the best case scenario for Pretty games much. for me. And I, I think these guys could... I mean, they could pull that off. Sure. I mean, they could they, they could do it, essentially what Cyberpunk's doing, barring us going into E3. Um, but, I mean, it, it would be the time, it would, and it would line up with what I said. Like, if Cyberpunk was like, oh yeah, this game's going to be coming out, you know, this February. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would, it would be crazy, but... 
it would be really cool. Uh, like, it would be cooler if it was sooner. It's, it's totally plausible, and I think uh, CD Projekt's usually pretty good about that. I mean, they first announced that they were thinking about doing a cyberpunk game next in, like, 2012. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, we're not going to so, talk like, about that for 14 years. Yeah, they're like, almost like what Bethesda did with, um, like, Valenwood, or, uh, we don't know that yet, do we? No. Uh, Elder Scrolls Six, <laughs> I should say. Really, with all their stuff they're working on, they're like, hey, we're, we have this idea. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cyberpunk was straight up like, this game's probably not coming out till 2020, so don't expect anything until, like, 2018. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, this this game could do... It, they, they could do something with it, and I feel like they're putting a lot of energy and time behind this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Which it needs. It, yeah, it needs. And, so it's, that's really good. And it if it does come out next year, that would be cool. Yeah. If it doesn't come out, you know, if this isn't one of the games, I... You know, I would be surprised, but I would still be incredibly happy because yeah. it looks so so good. Yeah, it looks really cool. All right, I'm excited to see more. So, you know, aside from Beyond Good and Evil, uh, I mean, I think we just have a few more here that we can talk about. Um, yeah, what would they do with Rayman? Where would they go with that? Would they continue with their Legends? Well. Yeah, the last one was Legends. It was really music-based. It was it had, more cartoony. Yeah, it had, like, two different uh, modes. It had kind of an original mode, and then they had the music mode as well. Mm, um, okay. And I did like it, but I don't think I liked it enough to, like, go out and buy it day one. I don't think this is a... No. Um, whereas back in, like, 1994, this might have been a system seller. Uh, it's just not anymore. It, We're just not in that time. Yeah, anymore. it's 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 somehow it somehow managed to remain uh, at the top of a Ubisoft like list. Um, whereas games of the same you know ilk like like um, Spyro and Jack and Dexter and Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've they they know that their place is you know in the past and I don't think Rayman so I could see Rayman but I don't know I wouldn't necessarily count it again I think we would have heard something by now probably yeah yeah. I wouldn't be excited for it Um, but it'd be cool though I mean mean, it would be cool definitely it just wouldn't be for me yeah Yeah. it would be cool for someone just not me Right. Um, um, speaking of this, I actually forgot. Uh, we could potentially have a sequel to um, what Mario and Rabbits. Yes. Yes. Uh, we do not have that queued up, but another option also is, of course, uh, you know, it's been almost a full year since fucking Far Cry came out, so there's probably going to be five more of those coming, right? Yeah. Um, so New Dawn was kind of a forty dollar expansion. Right, um, it was it was a large DLC, really. Yeah, yeah, branching off of uh, the happenings yeah. of Five, which mm. um, you know a lot of people hated Five. I liked Five. I had fun with it. I, I really didn't like Five, but that's because I get really into every second or third uh, Far Cry that comes out. Sure. Yeah, I mean it, it was fun. Um, they had some of those like scenarios that I was like, I don't, I don't yep. want to do this, man. Um, but. I feel like these guys were really trying to capitalize on not only their own thing, but they wanted to... Man, 
that color scheme they want, fucks me up. Yeah, they wanted to eat Rage's lunch. Yeah, they, they were trying to. They were trying. They ended up getting a shitty ass yogurt packed in their lunch, and they saw right. that Rage had a snack pack, and they're like, "Yep, can I have that snack pack?" And Rage is like, "No, well, hold on." And they're like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna go get a chocolate bar, melt it down, and put it in my yogurt." And then that's what mm-hmm. that's what New Dong is. Right, New Dong, New Dong. So, um, they have a lot of new Donk City. What they, they have a lot of Dong based games. Watch Dongs, mm. Fart Cry, New Dong, Fart Cry, Fart Cry, New They're Dong. They're doing it on purpose at this point, have to yeah. be. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm always interested in what Ubisoft's doing. I think they're one of the like premier AAA studios at this point mm-hmm. after EA has pretty well shit the bed. Yeah, um, and, and I've shit a like, lot of people, Activision. Guys. Activision makes good shit, but it's just not shit for me. So, uh, other than the fucking Star Wars Fallen Jedi Outcast Last Order Fallen fucking New Jedi lightsaber battles too. Yeah. Really interested in that one. So, I think the last big one that we could talk about is probably Splinter Cell. Um, uh, which had some interesting beef going on, right? The uh, the creative director that worked on, what, a Far Cry or a Ghost Recon or something has said... Hey, I'm working on a new Splinter Cell game. Yeah, and then Ubisoft was like, "He was joking." You can't say that. He was joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know we've seen that a little bit in the past. We're watching a little launch trailer for Conviction. Um, you know, damn, this is old. Yeah, it's it's old. Um, <laughs> but they, man, they they made some they made some choices with Splinter Cell, oh, yeah. and they were all bad, and that's why we haven't had a Splinter <laughs> Cell in a long time. But right when they did. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, they had that little bit that had, I think it was Sam Fisher in it. Um, yeah, and the original voice actor and everything, and people were like, okay, they did not go call this guy and pay this dude's rate to have him go do two lines in fucking Ghost Recon Wildlands. Like, they've got to be working on something, right? Right. So that's that's pretty much, I think, what we're, you know, what yeah, we're looking I'm, at. I think this could be I'm really good. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. I don't know what style uh, we're looking at. I think another one that we missed out on, and it's been out for a while. It's still pumping out good numbers, um, but uh, Ghost Recon Siege did really well, yeah. um, and it's been out for a while now. So that's also Siege something. was a really good instance of a game coming out and not having a lot of support, and they just did such a good job fixing it up and listening to fan feedback and adding more and more content that it became huge. Right. Yeah. Um, so kudos on that. I think their issue is that with the last Splinter Cell, they went much more um, sort of what I want to say, like shooter focused. Yeah, they had this. It was kind of the Resident Evil Four scenario, you know. Yeah. Where they started getting more and more into the action and less and less into stealth. Yeah, they got away from what made the game like pop. Right. So they've certainly got plenty of action going on in their other games. I think if they went back to a stealth focused game, they could really do some cool stuff there yeah yeah um so yeah we'll have to see what they do um and then there's always the option of hey surprise you know we have a studio working on this game and it's going to be coming out um right you know that that's which i think fans fans would be really hyped to hear that there's another one coming i think because it was after this game it was sort of doomed yeah yeah so um you know ubisoft always has the dollar bills to give stuff more attempts and they've definitely got the talent so yeah and and in general just like maybe new ip i think i think we also i think i also had for honor on there for honor too 
Um, that's always yeah, a, I don't, a direction they could go. I don't know if that did well. Enough. Good. I don't know. Yeah, well, For Honor certainly was, I mean... Good idea. Again, another game that they put their full muscle behind that was like, we're making this as good as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's... If anybody... If there's anybody that I have pretty unequivocal trust in, it's, you know, Ubisoft. It, it, they may not necessarily make something that I want, but... For the people that do want it, they support the shit out of it. So right, yeah, right, right. So I mean, it, I, what I'm hoping for at E3 is to see, um, to see something probably I don't want something for someone else. I'm hoping mm-hmm. to see, um, like something that has been predicted. So whether it be Watch Dogs or Splinter Cell or Watch Dogs and Splinter Cell, and then I'm hoping that we get one of those things that we just didn't know that we wanted that's not a Tom Clancy's title. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really open to... Like, it would be really cool if they're like, hey, remember that Watch Dogs 2 game that we were talking about and we teased? And then it was, like, mm-hmm. canceled? I mean, this is, like, its spiritual successor. Right. So that would be good. But, you know, hard to tell what they're going to do. So I... I think sure. that might be enough Ubisoft news. Uh, that was a lot of Ubisoft news. So, uh, why don't we go ahead and move on? It looks like we have uh, we we talked a little bit about Starbreeze last week. Yes. Um, and they made some moves, right? Something's happening. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Starbreeze basically is continuing to divest in. Basically high expense, high overhead stuff. So we've talked about the games that they gave back. They lost their partnership with uh, Skybound. Um, so basically, uh, they have sold a production studio in India, Druva Interactive, uh, which they've actually... It's one of the older uh, game companies in India. Um, they've, they basically are a finishing studio. They do a lot of art and... Um, you know, animation and, you know, some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and Rockstar's like, hey, they know what they're doing. We already have a bunch of staff in India, so we're going to kind of use these two teams together. Yeah, let's, let's uh, You know, together. keep them on the same time zone. I'm sure that helps when you're, like, waking up at fucking 2 a.m. for meetings. That's 5 p.m. for somebody else, you know? Right, so, right. Um, kind of get some more people on the same page and let them all kind of work together, which has got to be cool for the studios in India, right? Right. So, um, they were acquired, uh, they were founded back in 97, they had pre-work in 95, they were acquired in 2016 by Starbreeze, um, and then Starbreeze has, um, basically, uh, since they're suffering their financial issues, they've agreed to sell Durabov to Rockstar, um, and Which is pretty brutal because they bought the studio in 2016 for 8.5 million, and they're selling it to Rockstar for 7.9. 7.9. Yeah, um, and not only that, somehow um, they've managed to increase their how much stake they've had by like 1.25 percent, and they already yeah. own 90.5 percent stake of Daruba. So they went from 90.5 to like 91.82. Yeah. Um, so, which, I mean, obviously when you have 90% control of votes and shit, it doesn't really matter. You, but yeah, you, you win, but... Still. I mean, that's still, you know, one of those things that you can, like, 
look at and you know, like, the people who, um, like, invest in the company know mm-hmm. it's going to go this way. That's the way it's going to go, and it's a guarantee because it's 90%. Right. And, I mean, if we're talking about, okay, so they spent $8.5 million, right, to get 90.5%. So I'm doing the math here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, oh, boy, uh, $8.5 million. So, um, nine, 90.5% of the company was worth $7.7 million about. Mm-hmm. And that means that each percent of the company was worth um, uh, $850, something like that. So to have gotten an extra percent, or uh, I guess that'd be $8,500 to get an extra percent. Yeah. So that's not a huge investment or anything, no. but still. But still, it's something. Um but yeah, so this is of course coming like we mentioned off the heels of Starbreeze going tits up. Um, like you mentioned, they you know Overkill has mm. uh, Overkill's Walking Dead um, is is overshed its pants. done is done and Skybound is yeah, pulled out unavailable. CEO stepped down. They had to send back the publishing rights to System Shock Three. Um, so selling this is kind of like we're just trying to make things right i think mm-hmm. uh before they go completely off the grid and just be done um right so deruv over here they've worked on quite a few games you know including dead by daylight days gone um praise moon crash uh forza yeah and they're they've also done a few original titles nothing i've heard of no no so find your way uh or find your own way home and um was it Basil's? I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I've, I've definitely not heard of I haven't of heard of those. Either two. of the things they made. Yeah. But they could be. I mean, who knows how big they are in India or, you know, Asia. But depending on the way that they that they went and, like, looking to the future, if Starbreeze mm. made that deal with Rockstar <laughs> for the company, that would yeah, be... Yeah, Rockstar cool. could be just looking at getting Starbreeze. Yeah. So, I mean, Heist is, like, 60% of what Rockstar's video games are. Every right. single one of them is about, like, robbing somebody or beating them to death. Um, Hell yeah. So. Brother. It's, I mean, it, it's, it wouldn't be surprising if Rockstar was like, okay, we want to do a Grand Theft Auto game. And we want to really focus on a multiplayer heist situation with mm-hmm. the main characters that we've set up for, I don't know, what, like, Grand Theft Auto 6. Right. Like, it's, we'll have our online mode. We'll have our... Uh, you know, story mode. Here's mode three. It's fucking payday GTA. Yeah. You know, they're always looking to expand, and it's not like Grand Theft Auto Online is going to go anywhere. That's going to be, mm. I think that's going to subsist as like its own thing. I don't right. think that that's going to be as attached to a main title as we've seen in the past. So, I don't know. That I think that could be cool and something that we could be looking uh, looking for as we count down the final days of Starbreeze anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, um, uh, speaking of uh, companies working together. And weird news. And, uh, like, yeah, unexpected kind of weird news that could signal some weird shit for the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we've, we've always talked about how uh, 
how companies, especially Microsoft and Sony, are always, you know, at each other's throats. Um, even to the point of, like, everyone's playing nice except Sony. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're like, fuck those guys. Well, in a weird twist, PlayStation and Xbox, uh, well, okay, Microsoft and Sony, they kind of put a, put aside their differences and establish a partnership for uh for gaming and cloud services so microsoft owns um azure which um it it, it's not just called azure is it oh it is it's been it's been named microsoft azure now um Mm -hmm. and it is a cloud-based uh solutions company that microsoft planned on using to usher in uh, what i would say is probably the new era of the way that mm-hmm. we'll get our content. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's, you know, these con- the consoles looking to move from here, let's print these physical copies and pay to store them in a warehouse and pay for the printing and the shipping to uh, let's do just basically fucking Netflix for video games. Um, right. And this is what these guys are going to do. And in a weird twist, PlayStation's like, hey, we'll work with you guys. And Microsoft's like, we'll take any cut that you're willing to push our way, yeah. and that's that, that. That's where that's where it happens. So pretty interesting. Um, this could mean a lot of things. Uh, it, you know, it could signal a new era of um, PlayStation and Microsoft kind of opening up to uh, put the gamer first rather than the profit first, or mm. it could just be like, no, we just really needed this. Um, we can make some quick motherfucking cash right here. Exactly. Right here. Um, it's it, it, yeah, it's it's just kind of a crazy little um, little bit that they like that they even I don't know. It, it's just why yeah, I mean it's fascinating that they would even talk about it. Like it's it's one of those things where I said ahead of time, uh, you know, before the uh, show, um, that like this is kind of like when all the companies went on stage and said, "Hey, we're here working together to bring the blah blah whatever." Like it doesn't really mean anything, right? necessarily but you know it's always good to have more goodwill um the companies still are competing directly against each other yeah but it doesn't mean they have to be assholes about it yeah and and it's one of those things is like i feel like they need each other more than they do i mean their competition helps spark a lot of um you know innovation between the two and it gets people to go buy shit and support shit because it's like oh i love microsoft i love xbox i'm gonna do this to help it up right right Right, so it is good that you know if they are looking to put um, the gamer first, you know, putting the the best product forward that they possibly can, knowing mm. that this whole thing of switching from physical to digital is it's heavily controversial anyway. Yeah, people are not going to be happy to begin with, so it's good to get all the goodwill you can. Exactly. <laughs> you know, take take it yeah. where you can. Um, so basically, you know, we'll definitely keep up with this uh it's crazy to see phil spencer saying excited about the opportunities ahead with tagging sony on twitter for us to pursue our mutual gaming ambitions what the fuck this is insane like these are the guys that cut each other's throats at e3 like just Mm -hmm. a couple years back man yeah um so yeah like i said we'll keep uh ear out for this um, I, I wonder if we'll actually hear more about this announcement um, first from Microsoft at their press yeah. conference 
and uh, you know going forward with you know it, it, this could be the year that we hear more about the next generation of consoles for the first time and, and right. what they you know what they are and what they can do um, and you know I think these guys teaming up is a really good indication of where it's going for sure all right um so speaking of people teaming up this is not that not that uh, well a uh, very weird situation um so epic the epic game store um has basically had a bunch of problems um it's their first time they've had a large sale uh then their epic game store mega sale still going um, on right now i believe yes there were several studios that did not understand what was going on with the sale um there was some weird ability to save money on things that aren't available yet um so we'll just kind of go through the list here um they're having a sale which includes discounts on popular games ten dollars off any game that's over fifteen dollars until june 13th that's a big one uh so if there's any sixty dollar games you're interested in just get fucking ten dollars off automatically right off the top yeah and uh the john wick game is originally going to be 20 bucks something like that um, so it's on sale for you get a discount for doing pre-order and then you get $10 off I got it for $8 and that was actually uh, Mike Bethel actually went ahead and talked about it where he was like um, so you can pre-order John Wick Hex right now and um, they're also doing this big thing so you can get it for your local you know massively cheaper price we get paid in full this is epic paying toward the bar tab not the drinks being cheaper that's crazy um this didn't stop the sale from having additional issues. As part of the sale, Supergiant Games Hades was selling for $7, uh, which is impressive for a game that's still in early access. However, in Europe, the game sale price was uh, €14.86, meaning it was below the 15 currency type amount by a couple cents. In the hours that followed, they rose their game price to $25 to allow... The $10 off. The $10 off, which is really weird. So they made it $15 effectively, right? Right. Um, although Supergiant did honor the purchases made at the lower price point, this was after the company had stated in a tweet that they would announce price changes ahead of time, which they obviously didn't in this situation. Um, after that, Greg Casavin announced that the game would return to the original launch price of $20 until the end of the sale, meaning it was $10 during the sale. After that, the price would go up to 25 um, We had intended to raise the retail price, but made the decision rashly as part of the sale. We didn't provide advance notice, despite saying that we would. This is our mistake, and we apologize. Uh, Supergiant isn't the only developer having issues with the sale. Another major game, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, was available with a $10 discount for a short time before being delisted. Paradox Interactive has chosen not to participate in the Epic Mega <laughs> Game Sale, and the game has been temporarily removed from sale, said an Epic representative. It does plan to honor purchases made during the short period of time the game was on sale. Paradox separately confirmed that the game will return to the storefront after the sale is over. Other games not currently available in the store include Clay Entertainment's Oxygen Not Included and Borderlands 3. Uh, Epic said, hey, we've changed how pricing is displayed during the sale in order to clearly reflect the publisher's sales price. Don't worry, you still receive the 10 from us on qualifying purchases. So basically it sounds like they just didn't communicate. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's... It's not great that this happened, mm. but some people did get some really good games at a really good price. Right. Um, so, can't be all mad. Uh, and they are doing some good stuff. That John Wick thing is fucking awesome. Hell yeah, I got it. Uh, I'm going to do that immediately <laughs> after I mean, this is over. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. Um, so, 
I mean, it's not like I might even pick up. Like, I really like Super Giant. Like, how good? Like, yeah. Super Giant's awesome. Um, yeah, the stuff they make's really good. Exactly. So it's like I, I think I'm gonna go pick up. Uh, I'm gonna go pick up Hades as well because that looked good. Mm. And then watch this year at E3. I'm gonna win it from Steam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I won't win it from Steam. Uh, <laughs> I, I, last year I won. Um, what was it? Dead Cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, for watching Steam or watching E3 through Steam, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff. That's pretty good. All right, um, so so yeah, more weird news. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, active. It's not even Activision. Well, it is Activision, but um, yeah. Call of Duty 2020 is currently uh, in question as Treyarch takes over the plans for Black Ops Five. Um, yeah, so obviously it has been basically they've been doing uh, well they have a they have a timeline right here. This is really good. Yeah. So in twenty twelve, Treyarch makes Black Ops Two. Yep. Twenty thirteen, Infinity Ward makes Ghosts. Twenty fourteen, Sledgehammer. And then they continued that pattern. Twenty fifteen Treyarch, sixteen Infinity Ward, seventeen Sledgehammer, eighteen Treyarch, nineteen Infinity Ward. So we basically are pretty sure it's another modern warfare. And twenty twenty was supposed to be Sledgehammer and Raven. Uh, and instead, it's going to be Treyarch again. So, so yeah, what kind of kind of weird? Raven, I don't know about Sledgehammer as much, but I do know Raven has been moved around quite a bit. Yes, Raven back in yes. the day used to make like the X Men Ultimate Alliance Legends one and two, and X, yeah, and um, yep. you know, so they were on those fronts, and somehow that translates to let's make Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Yeah, that that is interesting. It's like they're on their three year, you know, their three year cycle where they just leapfrog mm. each other each year. Um, and the two that were re- like the one that's a definite Treyarch makes Black Ops. That's what they make, and they don't make right. anything else. Um, that's how it has been. Yeah. Infinity, Infinity. Um, you know, they did. Um, what did they do? Modern they, Warfare. They're the. They're like. They did. Modern. They're the experimental. They did, uh, I'm not sure what the first one they did, but they did Infinite and uh, Ghosts most recently. Right, I think they did Modern Warfare. Yeah, they did, because they did Modern Warfare too. I remember the Infinity Ward. Uh, well, in fact, Infinity Ward was the original studio that started it. Right, so. and then um, you know, Sledgehammer doing, it looks like the Advanced stuff. Uh, well, advanced Warfare, and they also did World and War War II. My bad, so not all Advanced. But yeah, yeah they're, they're, Sledgehammer seems to be the, um, and Raven seem to be the experimental studios. That are like, this is what we want to do, and let's just do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that doesn't seem to be the case. Infinity Ward doing 2019, uh, and then it's Treyarch, right, doing 2020. Yep, Treyarch's coming right back again with only a year off. Uh, I'm sure that'll that'll turn be out fine. Great. Yeah, no one will complain about that. Um, um, yeah. So apparently, I, the more I read into it, the more I think it's probably a good call because um, originally, um, you know, Activision had assigned. Um, Raven to take a leadership role alongside Sledgehammer to make a Call of Duty game set during the Cold War, likely involving Vietnam. That's not a good one to do. Um, like, I would say probably at this point, just steer clear of Vietnam games in general. Cold War can be well, good, Viet- but Vietnam was, was rough because it was very clearly the United States was an aggressor and we were like slaughtering innocent people. But I mean, they, they've so, done unless it, you're doing like done the, it uh, well if you're doing in the past, there's been some good ones. Like Conflict had a really good Vietnam game. Um, yeah, if you're if you're doing like a um, 
what was the uh, what was the game that was a shooter and it did really good and it was like psychological? You use white phosphorus. Um, um, Spec Ops: The Line. Oh, yeah. If you're doing like a Spec Ops: The Line thing with Vietnam, being like, oh, we're actually like sometimes are we the baddies type thing? You know what I mean? Right. Like that could be good, but I don't really see Call of Duty doing that. I mean, I could see them doing it with a. Um you can see them going down that route with their story. <clears throat> and then, I don't know how they would tack on the multiplayer. Because they, they, they can do a story. Right. Call of Duty is very able to do um, a good story. But they used to, that used to be like the flagship part of the game. Right, right. It was the story yeah. mode. And they had some good ones. And yeah, yeah it, it's, it's fully left. Uh, because, you know. In this most recent game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the other things uh, this past year has been rough for Sledgehammer. Um, in February, mm. uh, news broke that Sledgehammer's co-founders uh, was it Michael Condre and Glenn uh, Schofield have left the studio. Glenn the Man Schofield. Yeah, it's Dan the Man. But Love yeah, um, it's his brother. Activision spun it as a promotion, saying that they'd like to take on new executive duties. They're yeah, right. Um, well, those guys, they left and formed Sledgehammer after leaving Infinity Ward. Yeah, so whatever they go and do right? next. I don't know. Or no, those were the, the guys that went and started the Titanfall studio. Yeah, that was Titanfall. Left. But yeah, I mean, like, there's been a lot of weird, like, shakeups with this shit. Like, these, these creatives that start these series don't tend to stick around. You know, it becomes kind of like a, um, kind of like a meat grinder for newer um, meat grinder. You know, newer newer people to kind of like, hey, this is your first job in the industry. You're not particularly good at anything, so like, bust your chops on making really good like levels, right? You know what I mean? Or you know, make an extremely good one single gun model that you just work on for two years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been really weird. I wonder if Sledgehammer's just getting ready to be absorbed. It's possible that they're going to redirect them onto something else because they've seen a lot of attention to kind of there's been a lot of like older game genres that are coming back i don't really know how to explain that but like um so we see marvel ultimate alliance coming back and it could be time to try to jump on that bandwagon make a quick deal with wb or somebody and make a fucking you know um what's the uh, dc version of the avengers uh uh, the justice league yeah make like a justice league game or something real quick with people that know how to do it they've done it in the past they know how to make these game physics and shit right yeah speaking so, of people making sick weapons i do just want to chuck this in here as one of my uh please do I love one of my shit. friends uh that i met through uh like he he came to like a speaking thing and you mm-hmm. know i started talking to him and i've looked to him for advice a few times just on like how to price models um he made the grave the grave digger gun from quake Ugh. from quake champions Okay. Super Damn. sick. Um, I like it. It's kind of got a uh, order eighteen eighty six vibe. Yeah, it has some filigree on it. It's actually like a, um, it 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 has like a pistol vibe to it, but the yeah. um the magazine underneath is a barrel, uh, or like yeah, like like, like a round like, ba- a like a round um like drum. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Um. Right. But yeah, uh, he's also worked on Wolfenstein too. Um, doing yeah. a sick amount of he's actually yeah I bet he's made some cool weapons he was just promoted to the senior environment artist at id holy shit that's awesome so uh, for him to be making a, a random weapon 
uh, just on Quake is really cool. Um, but yeah, he's 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 done some work. So uh, yeah, if you've seen oh, yeah, some really. ID and machine game stuff, he's definitely had his hands on it. So nice. Yeah, I just thought of that because yeah. we were talking about weapons and <laughs> like random like one-off weapons, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I saw that the other day, and that that was awesome. So yeah, I mean we'll we'll have to see how that boils out. I mean knowing. Activision, this is the way that they make more money. Right. So it's ultimately they're they're making the right decision for themselves here. But, you know, it's a decision that I wish kind of didn't have to get made. I wish they were just... I, I really hope these guys get just redirected onto something new and not just punished forever, right? Yeah. Because that, that is the opposite. I, and uh, actually, again, that's a good uh, that's a good dovetail onto the next thing. So go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, like, I, if you're going to have a studio like that, like... I, mm. I think it's it would be really good for these big big studios like EA, like Ubisoft, like Activision. I mean, Activision's not as big as it used to be, but mm. these big dick studios to have something like a uh, like a smaller studio mm. where they hire people and everything right. that they make might not make it into a game, but they are training them to work in this small studio. So they can move right. up to the big leagues. Yeah, that's I. From what I've heard, that's something that happens a lot at Ubisoft. Right. right. Um, that's something that has happened. Uh, I can't think of the game now, but you know, that's that's certain smaller studios have been strictly support studios. I mean, realistically, that's what we just saw happen with Sony Bend. Right. right. That's what we saw with Sony Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. So Sony is good at this. Is who I meant. Yeah. Um, where they have. Uh, I was also going to say the guys that did um, The Order, 1886. They used to be a support studio that kind of worked on some mobile stuff, kind of did remakes or ports of other people's games. And then it was like, do your thing, dude. And it was, you know, it, The Order, 1886, you can't say it was a 10, right? It wasn't a perfect game. Yeah, definitely. But it was doing some extremely cool shit that I would love to see more of, and it possibly is never going to happen. Yeah. Which I'm kind of sad about. Yeah, that, that's kind of a bummer because that game was yeah. super good. Um, it was short. Awesome shit with I it. think the way I described it after it came out was it's like reading the dust cover of a really good book. Exactly. Like, I want more of this. Or like, um, yeah, reading the dust cover and then maybe like you get the first chapter for free. Right, right. And it's like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I need a lot more of this. I love the world we've set up here. The, obviously, the graphics were amazing. So yeah. like, yeah. I really hope they're working on a second one of those. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, why not? Probably not. But anyways, yeah. So I said, uh, I, I need to bring this back because all people do on podcasts is talk about how good their transitions are. Yeah, and ours are garbage. And but ours are fucking pure shit. Thanks so, for hanging out, though. Uh, <laughs> thanks for yeah. Okay, if you uh, if you have a good segue between two articles, please submit it. Yeah. Um. So this is uh as we kind of see, um. So we don't have a news story for this, but. Uh, Riot Games, the studio that makes League of Legends, uh, did have a big walkout with, what, over 150 employees, something like that? Yes. That just did a that staged an afternoon walkout, basically. I might have, I might have um, an article on that. Let me see. Okay, well, basically, their deadline for when they said, hey, we're going to address your guys' concerns, we're going to have these small group meetings, blah, 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 that deadline passed, and they did nothing. <laughs> Shocker. Um, so hopefully the... I'm hoping that the Riot employees just go ahead and drop a big old fat dong on the table and fucking walk out again and just i mean i would say take every afternoon off until they fucking fix their shit right because you still need to show up to work 
Because they can rightly like bust your ass. Um, there we go. So yeah, this is this is the original walkout. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where I heard um, riot passes. I was really hoping they deadline. Um, that ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. I was really hoping they had a uh, an article. That ain't it. Um, this guy here. Yeah, this is tough because it keeps just trying to show me league the the season that just ended on League of Legends. Yeah, that's clearly not it. Yep, yeah, now we're looking for. Uh, here it is, Kotaku, of course. Drop that. Link. Um. So, despite a walkout of hundreds of employees last week, League of Legends developer uh, Riot Games said last night that they will not change their stance on forced arbitration. Protesting employees have given the company until yesterday to make a change, threat threatening to escalate their efforts. Dude, Riot, Riot Games could be the turning point of, like, unionization in the video game industry, right? Oh, let me send this article to you. It's in the uh, Discord. So, um... You know, they said, we know not everyone agrees with this decision, but we also know everyone does want Riot to continue to improve. How can you possibly improve that way? Um, the reason that they added in the forced arbitration clause is because they got fucking mad sued by employees that were getting sexually harassed every day by their boss. Like, um, there's another, uh, the two employees, basically the way they were able to go after Riot was through the uh, California Equal Pay Act, um, which, you know, basically it was like, okay, we're getting sexually harassed but basically the way the law is written is you just have to let that company handle that the company hr mm -hmm. right like you can't sue your boss for being a creep basically and you probably shouldn't be able to to be fair um but you know they're like um uh so google had to end their forced arbitration clause after twenty thousand employees staged a walkout uh facebook ebay airbnb Went ahead and did the same thing ahead of time so they didn't lose a day of productivity. Um, prior to the walkout, Riot said they would allow new employees to opt out. What's even the point if you can just opt out of it? Right? Yeah. Like, like the whole point is that you're forced. It, it, it's called forced arbitration. It's not called opt-in arbitration. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to do So this? ultimately, given the complexities of ongoing litigation, we will not change our employee agreement while in active litigation. So they're saying, hey, maybe after this lawsuit is over we'll see what happens mm -hmm. but they're not I, like the, I mean this is where the debate comes in it is not a company's their, their company is not in business to make their employees happy they're in business to make money now the way that they make money is by hopefully making their customers happy right mm -hmm. and it's certainly I mean it's been proven there's data to back this up that Employees that have a better work-life balance do better work. Uh, it's better to not have crunch. Employees do better work when they're not crunching. Uh, they're more efficient, right? They work faster. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to not crunch. But ultimately, like, the main reason is you're somebody's supervisor, and you should not make your employees crunch. Like, you just shouldn't, right? Right. You need to plan better. Like, it's your fault. It's management's fault. Just do better. Like, hire more people to do more work. It's that easy. Right. Yeah. I like. And I do, if that means, I do wonder. I mean, if that means your investors only make, you know, they only get five million dollars bonus instead of ten million, like they were expecting. Fuck them. I mean, like I, you know. Yeah. For sure. Like, I, I do. I, I would like to see some real, like, some real side by side, like, 
like a real side by side look at at crunch. Mm. Like, I mean, certainly, like, is it more productive? So, well, I mean, working for ninety hours, even if you're only working at fifty percent, you've you've passed the forty hour deadline if you're working at fifty percent, right? right? So, you know, it's it's tough. It's hard to prove certain things, but like the fact that it's been proven like employees do more efficient better work when they have a four day work week so therefore if you have a you know it, that that works forever like if you only go into work one day a week you bust your ass for eight hours right, right. if i mean you can look at me as a good example i do 40 I, really i do um uh i do like what 43 one week and 36 the next week usually they allow us to do just for like a work-life balance thing because we're we're on call 24 7 and you know we we xyz circumstances could come up that kind of take away our free time so they they give us back some extra days off every once in a while as work-life balance which is smart yeah um you know i go into work every day and i give i don't know 50 percent 40 percent i mean you know my job is not I, i'm not like you know, I'm not testing safety systems in cars. I'm not like building a house. Like it, it, the speed at which I do my job is really not important because you know, I, I it's not like I'm absolutely hundred percent packed hour to hour every single day for every week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm doing some of my own planning. Um, I'm discussing what has to be done with other employees. I'm doing research. I've been doing a lot of training. So like with training, I have to have other people available. If they're not available, I simply can't train myself i have to have somebody else with a certain qualification sign off on this paperwork so if everybody's busy i just figure out i I prioritize on my own which is usually like hang out (laughs) you know what i mean i don't have anything else to do so you know they i they pay me to be there for 40 hours a week they don't pay me to work for 40 hours a week you know (laughs) right like it'd be different different people's jobs have different situations obviously i'm like pretty happy where i'm at and you can hear me talk about that quite a bit (laughs) So, like, if they had me work two days a week, I'd be coming in and busting my ass on those two days because I would have the same amount of duties, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm dropping duties while I'm at work, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's uh, kind of, you know, obviously video games have to have a certain amount of content when they come out. Like, the producers, the publisher, uh, you know, Sony and Microsoft and, you know, the store front all decide on a certain set of things that absolutely have to be there. And then everything else is, you know, it's product management. So in certain circumstances, some employees like to crunch. My supervisor loves to work 120 hours a week. I don't know why. I don't know how this dude wakes up in the morning. You know, I, I don't have that in me, but some people love to go put in all this extra time and hours. And, uh, certainly they should be allowed to do that when the thing that they're making is a work of art that has their name on it right i'm not i'm not gonna push for a mandate that says an artist that works from home has to only put in 40 hours a week and if they work 41 hours i'm gonna sue their ass you know what i mean like that's not realistic and it's if people want to put in extra time that's fine it's this mandated shit that's not okay it's when the company says look you're working 80 hours this week or you're not fucking working at all you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that shit is unacceptable. And that leads into CD Projekt Red, which 
when we talk about European studios, obviously each country in Europe is different. Um, countries inside and outside the European Union are different, obviously, because they have different, you know, foundation of laws. But even countries within the European Union have a lot of self-determination. Um, and Poland is kind of a more um, conservative-leaning country. I wouldn't say kind of. They certainly are. Mm-hmm. Um, they allow businesses to get away with more than like France would, for example. Um, so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of conversation recently about the culture of crunch at CD Projekt Red. Right. And basically as, you know, they've seen some companies catch some flack for this kind of shit and they're just trying to preemptively like cut out of the way of that. Um, so they said, basically they said, we're going to be you know, quote, more humane, which is not a great quote to be quoted as. Yeah. Uh, we can, you can certainly see that Kotaku has a leaning here, and that's actually why I like to go to Kotaku. They are all unionized. Mm-hmm. Um, and they certainly, I mean, Kotaku and a lot of the, like, former Gawker surviving companies all are extremely pro-union for the very reason that their ass got saved, right? Um, right. They've seen firsthand what the power of union backing can do. So, um, you know, basically the question is, are the workers at CD Projekt Red just ruining their life to make a better game? Which, um, you know, they've, they definitely have a bad reputation. Um, they've had month, uh, like, you know, multiple month crunches. Mm-hmm. Um, but studio management says they're really trying to work on work-life balance, but they do feel that crunch is a necessity. Um, he said, let me be humble for a moment here. Um, one of the co-founders, Marcinia Winsky. I'm not sure on that one. Um, when I start seeing, like, when there's too many or too few vowels, it starts to really fuck me yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's got, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> great with uh, some of Central and Eastern Europe. But, um, you know, he said, We're, we are known for treating gamers with respect. That's what we've been working hard towards. And I would actually like for us to also be known for treating our developers with respect. Um, so basically, you know, they offered a lot of free content to people. They're they're known like, if there's bugs, they're just gonna fix the bugs. Like they're not gonna charge you ten dollars for a bugless version of the game, EA. Yeah. So um, he said, you know, we we've got that covered. We've got the consumer goodwill and everything. What we need now is to kind of fix our relationship with our own fucking employees. So they said they're working on a um, non-obligatory crunch policy. So again, basic EU law says that you cannot have mandatory overtime. So really they're saying, Hey, we're going to comply with the law. Um, we've communicating clearly to people that there are certain moments where we need to work harder. I think the E3 demo is a good example, but we want to be more humane and treat people with respect. If they need to take time off, they will be allowed to take time off. Nobody will be frowned upon if this is requested. Um, so again, when probed, he would not promise to limit crunch to certain periods or offer specific numbers other than said, they're trying to make it better. Um, I think this is a commitment we're ready to make today and we're listening to people. We definitely opened a lot of lines of dialogue here. So again, it's like, uh, you know, certain things like, oh, we're going to pay overtime. You legally have to. Yeah. You know? That's true. Um, but like, I do think... They make these certain claims and it's like, you have to. Like, it, it's it's very... I mean, this is a huge article because, you know, Jason Schreier, when he gets going, he just goes on forever like I right. do. And it's like... Uh, like I understand what you're saying is that you're saying in the past we've failed in this certain regard and we're trying to improve and that's really all you can ask right Mm -hmm. 
like they're not gonna like close their company and rebrand a CD Projekt Blue and it's totally new rules and everything. Like it's just not feasible. Like it would be great if every company that was doing something wrong just turned off for a week and then next week they came back and they were fixed. Right. But that's not realistic, right? Um, there's a chance it can happen, but it's extremely unlikely. <laughs> so basically, they're saying, you know, hey, we're gonna actually follow the laws that we have to follow legally. Like, we were allowed to, we, we could do this shortcut here, we could do a loophole here, and we haven't gotten in trouble for breaking the law. Labor law. Right. Right. So, that's not necessarily a strong argument. <laughs> yeah. So, he's saying, we're actually going to follow the law, even if we're not going to be punished for not following the law. I, 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 and that's, that's really nothing special. Uh, but I do think it's good that he he's not making claims. He's not saying... Oh, I, yeah. I, he's not I lying. I promise that we're going to be yeah. more humane. I'm going to try to make it more humane for our workers. And right, and that's, that's better than nothing. That's, I think that's maybe the best you can hope for. Because saying, oh, I, I guarantee that it's going to be more humane. And then those people go into work and they're like, this is the exact same. Hey, it's actually gotten worse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad if they were strictly going for PR and they did not actually give a shit of what they were doing. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's, you know, if somebody is trying to, I mean, just trying to get better day by day. Yeah. Like you said, that's that's really all you can. And, and I mean, and I feel I feel that's that's what he's going for. Like, look, we're gonna try to make it yeah. better. Uh, you know, in the past, you know, this it was mandatory that our team had to work this time because if they didn't, the game mm. wouldn't fucking come out. Right. But if they come to me and if they come to us and they're like, hey, I need Tuesday off. Like I've just been doing this too long and I'm fried. Okay. Yeah, previously they would just be like, nope. Okay, cool. You can have Tuesday off. We'll just, you know, see if we can swap this person. This, You know, it's like there, right. there's there's ways around it. And it's good that they're really looking into that. It's um, Hey, I mean, it, it's, you know, like I said, it's something they should have already been doing. But if you're going to improve, I'll take an improvement. Yeah. It, I mean, um, like looking back, like, like to what we, you know, just said a little bit ago. It's hard to make video games. It's not easy. Oh, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. it, it's not even hard from the point that it's just, like... It, Highly technical. Yeah, it's, it's all of these pieces. It's like trying to navigate something in space to line up with mm. something else using, like, the... It's like... It really is trying it's to... Like, it's like NASA docking a new section of the space station. Right. It's very... Right. Everything is very touchy. And sure, it's not right. as catastrophic if something were to fail but i mean it is the difference between a company putting out a game that's quality a company that's putting out a game that's bad or the game just being canceled and not coming out at all and i mean you know you have to look too like um you know different people different things are hard to different people and that is where the role of producer comes in like i don't have a producer at work right there's not a guy that I mean, I have my supervisor, but that's different. It's a different thing. Like, I don't have somebody that just runs around, like, tweaking schedules and, you know, conferring with different departments and getting management alignment and passing around um, updated spreadsheets to people and making sure everybody's on the same page. Like, you know, the supervisor sort of does that, but that's a different role, right? There's a reason that producers exist in film and tv and music and artistic stuff right it's because you know 
at my job, everybody knows that these certain forms are difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So like a regulatory form that goes to the government that has your name on it, that's a hard form to fill out. And it's hard for multiple reasons. It's technically difficult. It is stressful because it's a, a government record that has your name on it, right? And if you fuck up, that's going to come back to you specifically. Right. Um, and it goes before a lot of people to review ahead of time. So it's sort of like public speaking and blah, blah, blah. Um, some people might love doing AI in video games. Mm -hmm. Some people hate it. Some people love doing level design. Some people hate it. Some people love doing the coding. Some people hate doing coding. Some people love doing C sharp. Some people like using frostbite. Some people hate frostbite. Most customers hate frostbite. <laughs> um, you know, there's like, it's, everything's objective. Everything automatically becomes extremely objective. Like mm. they're not things that are just universally difficult because you might know somebody who is a programmer genius. And I have a particular person in mind yeah. here that loves to, it's like, Oh dude, I just learned how to do this one spline mathematical uh, calculation that allows me to, uh, you know, adaptively increase the number of enemies in a game. It essentially has created the orchestrator in left for dead. Right. Yep. Uh, like a simple version. And that's awesome to that person. If I hear those fucking words, I start to have a mild stroke. Just like, oh, come the fuck on, shut up. <laughs> like my my leg starts like seizing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my left side of my body gets numb. It's like, you know, I'm really interested in like, oh, dude, if players figure out how to do this one thing, they can do this combination that we didn't plan for it, but it just works. Like, it's different stuff that people are really into. You know? Right. So. You know, it's it's tough, and that's that's the role of a producer to know, like, oh, dude, John hates to do, uh, you know, machine-level language, so we're not going to put him on the engine. Right. Right? Right. He's going to be doing the tools that go between the engine and the game, and the, the less technical people that are working on the game, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to be helping the level designers when they say, hey, the shit's clipping and it shouldn't be, he's going to figure it out. Right. He's not going to be the guy that makes it so that Windows allocates 21% exactly to whatever. You know what I mean? And more, uh, um, more, um, more jobs, like machine side. more jobs, uh, even outside of video game, could benefit from that kind of mentality. And they just exactly. Don't. And I, in fact, I think that's something like again. I think the game industry really needs to learn from the movie industry. Uh huh. And every industry does. I mean, these guys. You know, we we hear all the time that the movie industry is in trouble. They're making less and less money because of Netflix and whatever the fuck. Like that's true. But also, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because they still make a ton of money. <laughs> like, Hollywood is not destitute, like, fucking on the brink of collapse, right? <laughs> They're really doing fine. I mean, we continue to have the biggest movies of all time come out every year. Yeah. Or, or every other year. So, like, you know, I like, like, get my fucking tiny violin. <laughs> but, like, we could, a lot of industries could really learn from that. Like, um, I mean, obviously, how much can manufacturing like assembly line, how much can they learn from the movie industry? Essentially nothing. But um, they could have that advocate, a role that is, you know, in the in the entire manufacturing plant of, you know, two or three or 400 employees, you could have one job that is sort of a go-between that is sort of a manager, but they're not in charge of you. You don't have to do what they say, but they're really there to help you out and to keep management kind of in, in understanding of what's going on and they check production numbers and see if they can come up with efficiencies. They take employee ideas and pass them up the chain and in a, you know, 
a lot of companies have that idea of like, hey, if you see something, say something to your boss. But if you go tell your boss, hey, you need to pay me an extra $45 million a day, like they're not necessarily going to just believe what you say, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason for your boss to say no to things that they may not be able to say no to if the producer comes up to them and says, hey, the employees need this to happen. And I'm not saying we want this to happen. I'm saying this is a business expense. This has to happen, right? Um, again, it's a problem that we saw with Riot and obviously with uh, CD where, you know, a hundred and something employees said, yo, we need to drop this shit now. This is really bad looking. It's not working for me, dog. And, you know, Riot Games saying, uh, that's interesting. We want to talk to each one of you fucking shit starters in a room alone. And if you have a job at the end of the day, you should be fucking happy about it. You know? And uh, that that's why I think... You know, companies taking the initiative on their own. As far as I know, CD Projekt has not had an employee walk out or anything like that. They haven't had a general strike threat. They haven't had fucking Game Workers Unite moving into their territory. Like, they're they're being proactive, trying to fix things in a certain way. But also saying, like, you know, our employees, when they... Like, everybody knows that we have a crunch culture here. Right. It's not, a, it's not like, kept quiet. I, don't, I haven't been interviewed by CD Projekt Red, but I would assume that if you're like, hey, I hear you guys crunch a lot, they'll be like, yeah, we're working on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think... And, and clearly, he, like you said, he could have just come to this interview, uh, Marcin, and he could have lied. Yeah, he could have just... He could have said, straight yeah, up. we're going to reduce crunch to uh, 1%. We're only going to crunch in uh, the winter when nobody wants to be outside anyways. And uh, yeah, we've got it all worked out. It's, it's handled. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But no, he's like, look, dude, we're going to still crunch sometimes. That's just, that's the only way we know how to make this shit. Like, maybe we can continue to improve in the future. Eventually, we'll be to a point where, you know, crunch is something that has to be negotiated between the employer and the employees. But we're just simply not there yet. Like, you know, that could end up changing really fast. But uh, from from where we're at now, we got to work with what we have now, you know? So... Um, for sure it's it's hopefully a step in the right direction um i i think that cd project is they've they've quickly become a company that is sort of flagship among gamers like i know people that did not play the witcher that are like dude cyberpunk's gonna be amazing because of cd project red yeah because i know they have the most talented people they bust their ass they give everything they can to the customer for as little as it takes you know what i mean yeah and um yeah, he's like, you know, we're we're trying to figure this shit out. And we're trying to be better. We're already known for respecting the customer. I, I like that quote. We're known for respecting the customer. Now we need to respect the developer. Yep. And he's exactly right about that. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah, they're doing... Could be awesome. Yeah, they're doing things... It sounds like they're doing it the right way and they're not blowing smoke up their ass, like up our ass. They're, they're really right. telling us the way it is. This is how it is. We have to... If we realistically want to make this game, we're going to have to crunch. But well, not what only that, can but we do they're, to be, make this as good as we can for our employees. Yeah, and they're they're probably looking at a similar situation as what happened at um, um, who's the fucking guys that made uh, uh, so the the dudes that like split off so like two K games in the Poland, Europe, Czech, two K Czech is who I'm thinking of uh-huh. that they had a massive talent drain after what Mafia two. Yeah. And, um, like, a bunch of their people were straight up, like, 
all right, uh, we're going to go ahead and go make our own thing, and we're going to make, you know, this realistic medieval game simulator. We're going to go make whatever else, like all kinds of shit. And I think CD is now seeing that. They're seeing... We've already had some high-profile people leave, right? The guy that was in charge of Cyberpunk left, didn't he? Yes, yes. Um, so, like, I think CD is is starting to sense that, like, you know, we're special, but we're not the only show in town. Like, people, if they don't like our culture here, they'll get their game done, and then they're going to leave. And I, they want to retain that talent. And I think that the way to do that is to say, you know what? We appreciate what you guys have been doing here. We're going to try to do better. You know? Yeah. And I think that w- I think that goes a long way. And uh, as long as they stick to it, which I think, uh, if any studio would, I think it's CD Projekt Red, right? Um, I think they'll stick to it, and we'll, we'll see a big improvement in some of their company culture. And again, from what I've heard, it's everything's amazing there. The, the only negatives I've heard is ours. So if they can get that shit figured out, it's an ideal company. Yeah, I mean, so, a lot of places do crunch, like, going forward. Like in the next few months, I'll like I'll be looking at like yeah. some sort of crunch, and like well, I like, just got out of a crunch right, right in right. Uh, March, and they're going like for for us what they do to like compensate like if you need time off, you know you can you know request, but you know we don't know we'll have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make up for it, they're like oh look at all these cool like incentives that we give over these over these months. Right. Like, during yeah, during the next three months, I think every Friday, at least catering, it might be Wednesday mm-hmm. and Friday, they do catering just free food for everyone. Okay. So that's pretty good. That'd be cool. Um, and then they do like a ton of giveaways and uh, you know and 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 more. So I mean, I think even little things like that that can help uh, like ease. Not even ease the mind, but just help them. You know, like you can do little things, like, uh, yeah, you know, if you end up winning this giveaway, you can, you know, take the morning off, or go to mm-hmm. lunch with, you know, whatever other three employees you want to go with. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I mean, there's ways. There's ways around it. But it is good to see that they're, like. They're not even talking about that. They're just saying, look, we're going to try to fix this the best way that we can. God damn, he does write an article, doesn't he? Yeah, this dude, I mean, he's had a couple books out, and you can see why. Yeah. Because every, every kind of, two I mean, it, articles is a book. Yeah, I have a very uh, similar idea. Of like, like, when he gets his teeth into something, he just keeps going forever. And it's like, oh, this reminds me of my childhood when blah, blah, blah. And then he tells the whole story, you know what I mean? Right. He seems to have a lot, of, a lot of quotes, too, though. Like, like, like he yeah. talked, like, specifically with someone. Oh, he's been in the industry for a really long time. Man. So, yeah, he gets a lot of, um, a lot of really good content. For sure. But, uh, yeah, so that, so that, that's going to be good. Again, if you haven't watched our show before, uh, just stick around. You'll see probably most of this, uh, 45, 48-minute walkthrough of Cyberpunk, uh, at mm-hmm. some point. It's, like, usually it's the, the best thing I've ever seen. Acid of our show, always. Um, but yeah, if you guys uh, um, get the chance, as always, head over to facebook.com backslash Check all the top news and video game stuff over there. Talk with us on the daily. We appreciate all the uh, likes, comments, and shares. As well, follow us on Twitter at MammothGamesInc. So you know when we go live and tell you about cool free stuff. Um, 
But that is it for the show, unless you have anything else. I don't think so. Cool. Um, so thanks for hanging out, guys. Um, until next week, I am Night Swarm. And I'm Filter Cord. Have a good one.